0: Oh hi, it's me, Greg Miller from PSI Love UXOXO. And if you're watching the YouTube version, you can see that I'm wearing my suit from Indochino.com. We've talked about this before. A few weeks ago, we went down to their store. They measure you and make you a suit made to order. Look at me in the suit coat. All right, look at this. Look at how good I look. I have a waist. It's crazy. And then on the inside, look at this. I got the cool lining, and I had to put my Twitter handle on there at Game Over Greggy. So whenever this jacket gets stolen from me on the streets of San Francisco, someone will be able to tweet at me if they have it. Um. The Indochino idea is pretty cool. You go in there. Suits made to order. They build it out. It looks good on you. It looks really good on you. Well, me. I don't know how it's going to look on you. I assume it'll look good on you. Of course, today, you guys can go and get any premium suit for just $3.99. That's up to 50% off at Indochino.com when entering XOXO at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. There's no reason not to try your first custom-made suit with a deal this good. That's Indochino.com, promo code XOXO for any premium suit for just $3.99 in free shipping indochino your look your way put your twitter handle in there What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI. Love you XOXO episode 54. The Brian Urlacher show. I'm one of your hosts Greg Miller alongside the pride of Long Island Colin Moriarty. Got a lot of passion for that Brian Urlacher. Never forget. It blew my mind. I just came back from Chicago. As you know, we'll talk about it throughout this show. I'm sure Uh, when we went out there for let's play live, I got to Chicago driving. Down the 355. Met Brian Urlacher on the side of the street. No, they had billboards up, and Brian Erlacher has straight up sold the fuck out to some hair loss clinic, and now right? he's got hair on there and stuff. Good for him. And he also lost all his mass. So he's oh. still, I'm sure he can beat the shit out of me, no problem. But he's just in these photos, not as muscular as I do remember mm. the hulking beast that was mm. Brian Erlacher. Kind of sad how he went out. Yeah, of course. Kind of just, just, just went away. Just whimpered. Just, <clears throat> great player, though. Gone like that. Yeah, oh yeah, he'll, he'll be remembered fondly, of course. Because the Chicago Bears were doing looking nothing. Really good last oh, well, night. Yeah, dude, yeah, they look really good last night, right? Yeah, <laughs> team's kind of... I like how they just went through the injury report. They're like, well, they thought they'd rest their
1: head on the defense, but all these players are going like... Ah. Ryan Fitzpatrick threw six interceptions last night, yesterday. Six interceptions. Six. Still your future, though? I don't know. Your present? He's the present. I mean, yeah. it's definitely the present.
0: I don't know if he's the future. Speaking of the present, Colin Moriarty, it's balls-ass hot in San Francisco. <clears throat> it is. So we have a fan going. So if you're one of these sensitive audio types who sits there,
2: and goes, oh, oh,
1: it peaks a little bit I listen to. You can hear our Vornado in the corner
0: going to town, ain't that right, Kev Dog? Can't, Kev, can't. Kev says it's very loud. Kevin can't
1: hear anything. Also, there's a might be a flickering problem on the. Uh...
0: Did you expect any less from us? We had it all nice for maybe a month,
1: and now it's just back to the it's kind fine, of funny you know and love. Is. This is what you want. Call it, what are you been playing. Uh, I've been playing four games. Mm. Uh, so first of all, and we talked a little bit about this on. I think colin and greg live and then also on the games cast so i apologize for any redundancies but i finally sat down and beat inside oh yeah um and i think that you could call it the best game of the year really? now you're one of those yes now i i don't necessarily think that it beats uncharted i think that it's probably with those two games probably uh and maybe what maybe throw doom in there so i don't know But spoiler free it's the first time we're able to talk about it but spoiler free what do you think of the ending that's what's stuck in my cross. I just didn't like the ending. Yeah, the ending's weird, Yeah, but I don't know how to interpret it, so I don't necessarily want to um, jump all over. It. I know some people didn't like it. I thought it was a bizarre kind of left-turn ending, as yeah. you would expect with something like this, but I thought it was still fittingly somber. In, in fact, I loved the way it ends, like the way it ends where, and I don't want to spoil it, but you yeah, know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, where. Yeah, 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 You're not really sure it's even over, and you're like, right. what am I supposed to do? Yeah.
0: Um. I, I think mechanically, setting-wise... I mean, the game, it was one of those, I when we sat down, Tim and I, to do our reviews discussion here on uh, Kind of Funny games Gamescast, uh, I came in more negative than I was just because I had the bad taste in my mouth at the ending. I thought the game was going so well. I was having such a great time. I couldn't wait to see what happened. And then you get to that ending, and I was just like... Well, what the hell i was here i was hoping that you're going to pay off on all the stuff you were doing and for me it didn't pay off and then it was the whole where well, there's interpretation there's this did you go see the secret ending yeah well you watch the
1: secret ending or you get the secret ending it's just like I don't, I don't want that i want you to tell me your story and tell me what it is well i like that they didn't tell you the story i mean i i don't even think i'm not even really sure what the game's about like that's and that's kind of what i liked about it it reminds me a little bit of journey in sense i think journey was a little more overt about what it was about but i agree um it reminds me of that in the sense that it's like kind of up to interpretation that uh i think that what i really liked about it was um the fact that it is open to interpretation but as i said on the gamescast i think too uh such a deliberately made game that i can't help but really be enamored by it there's a specific part of the game uh i've talked about there's so many parts of the game where i'm like this is really incredible but one part i really love is um, you're collecting these like guys that you control yeah. to like, go on a scale so they you can move on to the next thing. You need 19 of them, I think, or something like that. Yeah, you're going up and, and down the this, elevator. There's this one part where they throw you into this little room on the right, and there's like a corpse there. You have to push it off and onto the scale. But if you sit in that room and pay attention, the wall on the right side is like booming every like few seconds. And you don't really know why. There's like vents shaking and stuff like that. And you can't see or anything or whatever. And it's just like five minutes later, you find yourself in this part of the game where... You have to avoid these pulses, this pulse weapon of some sort, which is like where the game gets kind of violent, actually, with the, with your deaths. And it's not like when you play it, it's like you don't really know why this exists. And they didn't even have to put this here. This is like a totally unnecessary thing. This room could have existed just to shove the body onto the scale. But they like went the extra step to be like foreshadow the next mm-hmm. part of the game and put it all into this linear kind of n- like environmental narrative. And I, I really do respect the way the game's made and the craftsmanship with which inside is made i think that it's a finely crafted i agree with that experience and i really love how nothing happens by chance i like i like that the puzzles aren't too difficult i'm not a good puzzle gamer i don't yeah, have the patience either. for it uh, inside didn't really stump me at all and i like i liked that it made me feel like i was progressing it's not it like a, a very pace. hard it's not you a are, hardcore you puzzle running game. your head into the wall getting frustrated with it and i like the little secrets too because i don't know if you got all the trophies i got all the trophies in the um each trophy you can actually beat the game without getting any trophies at all yeah um, but I got each of the trophies I'm um, including like the final gold trophy and I like how it opens up and exposes parts of the game that you would otherwise not see and one of the parts I really love is the part with the dogs underground with the the, the, the uh, torch did you do that part there's like a really one. really so like they just they just made a game where every inch is deliberately put there for sure. a reason and it's the kind of game that it is you can't really do that in a lot of kinds of games but I, I really respect what they did I think this game resonated with, resonated with me in a way that Limbo did not resonate with me, which was Playdead's last game. And so I just want to give them a lot of props for for Inside, because sure. I really think Inside is a must-play game. If you haven't played it on Xbox One. It's on PC. I think it's on a PS4 now. You should check that out. Um, the other game I messed around with for just about an hour is the game Slain, Back from Hell. People have been telling me to play this game. It's supposed to be like Castlevania, mm-hmm. very hardcore Castlevania. I played it. I uh, think the graphics are pretty. They're a throwback. Um it didn't really quite resonate with me the way I wanted it to. I want to play more of it and see it, but I I messed around with slain a little bit and I think it was, it was a pretty cool side scroll, hardcore side scroller. It's not definitely not for everyone. Um, messed around Pac-Man championship edition two for a couple hours. Um, isn't the letdown people were talking about? Yeah, Hmm. I, I, it's, it's very early. It's very preliminary. Of course. I feel like championship edition, the original one, which we loved, what a a fantastic game that was on PS three and Xbox 360. Um, There was a simple hook to it. There was a simplicity to it. Pac-Man's simple. And so you could kind of wrap your head around what the game is. It's not like this overarching kind of like trying to be more than it is. It's just a little bit of a spin on Pac-Man. I feel like Pac-Man Championship Edition 2 is, is too far now. Like I don't really understand why this is supposed to be more fun than the original Championship Edition. It's a little more obtuse. Uh, I like it. I think it's interesting, but I it doesn't have the same draw to me, and that's why I only played it for a couple hours. I downloaded it very anxious, yeah, um, to play it, and uh, I'd I'd like to go back to it, but I just wasn't wasn't drawn. How much into time did you put into
0: pac-man 250 or just 256?
1: I didn't play 256.
0: I like 256 a lot. I think you should try that one because that is I thought like oh like I loved what championship edition did back in the day but then this was even a different take on that or you know what I mean changing up what pac-man. Is yeah, I think I have a code for 256. Or I
1: downloaded it but I don't think I uh, yeah, I remember Brian think I, Brian I, think I, think I t- told you one day. Yeah, I
0: highly highly recommend you try that one out
1: and finally um, I'm still messing around in a very plotting way with Bioshock. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the original Bioshock. Yeah, I'm playing like a couple hours at a time. I'm not really like, you know, I'm getting distracted by a bunch of shit. Football was on and et cetera. Um, it just, I just want to reiterate that I really do feel like this game has stood the test of time in every way. Um, and uh, the story of Andrew Ryan and of Atlas and all that, like, I really do feel like... Um, it's still a very special game and I I like playing it on survivor difficulty with no Vita chambers, saving every five seconds, being very, um, careful with ammunition, very careful with covering your tracks and killing the splicers and all that kind of stuff that you encounter, whether they're, you know, um, you know, um, kind of standard melee splicers or gun splicers or Houdini splicers, whatever. Um, and I just got to the far through the farmer's market in Arcadia and all that kind of stuff now. So I'm still like, you know, probably maybe a two third, two fifths of the way through the game or something like that. Um, I just feel like what this game nails is the ability to environmentally storytell and to have collectibles like these audio diaries that I think are throwaways in some games. Like this is the kind of lazy way we're going to tell the game, but the audio diaries in the game and they're like 125 of them or something like that really do expand the story in the place you're in at the time you're in it and illuminates the story beyond what you're being spoken to with Atlas and Andrew Ryan and all that kind of shit uh, over the radio. And it just reminded me that that's like a really, really cool kind of mechanic. Yeah, it's it's I can't
0: believe how many people still screw this up to this day. I mean, BioShock came out how long ago originally? Nearly a decade almost. Yeah, Jeez. Seven, seven. And it's the fact that you still do it now where you play games where you pick up audio logs and they don't autoplay. So you have to go and you play them through the menu, and you try to leave the menu and they stop playing and it's like BioShock had it nailed where you picked it up, you put it in your thing and you kept exploring while well, you you suddenly the game is empty in a way right that's how they want rapture to be but it isn't because you're still living in the spaces that people are telling you the story about so even as you go through just scrounging for bullets or using a machine you still get the experience of what's happening and someone is there holding your hand telling you the story of what went wrong
1: yeah and i i I think you're right and i think that i don't know i just think ken levine and, and his crew really did themselves proud on this game i really do feel like this game because of the era in which it came out isn't one of these like very ugly first person games yeah so it was very finely crafted and made for the time and i think it stood the test of time i think mechanically it stands the test of time it's unfortunate you can't really aim very well or but that's kind of the, the the part of the game like it's a little it's what we always used to say about tank controls like it kind of adds to the mm-hmm. to like the the yeah, the aura of the game in a way even though it's not ideal um so i just want to reiterate like people that didn't play bioshock or, or want to play it again the bioshock collection i think is a really good conduit on ps4 i know that it's maybe not working very well on pc but i don't really care about that um, it works great on PS4. I haven't had any problems with, with the original game. Um, and you know, I, I like the depth of it, the, you invent machines and the, and the circus of values and, and, and value. you know, kind of getting, um, you know, all your tonics and elixirs and all these kinds of things. Uh, there's just a lot of depth to the game. Like there's many layers of depth and, and I'm, I'm playing it very meticulously. I keep restarting when I like fuck anything up, whatever. So yeah. I have like an, a maxed out wallet basically now and just so too much money and a lot of ammo and, and you know, you um, kind of syringes and yeah i, don't know, I, I think it's uh it's a very 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 good game and one of the greats and uh so i've really been enjoying playing it and you know taking out the big daddies like very slowly one at a time and tricking them and you know fighting the rosies and <laughs> launching their grenades back at them with um uh with your telekinesis and stuff it's a great game really really great game so that's that's what i've been uh, messing around with it i'm excited for darkest dungeon oh yeah this um, weekend, this week on vita and uh, yeah but, it, but and playstation but and playstation 4 but really i
0: know for us i'm just i'm just delivering the news to all these people who only want to play on their PlayStation. so that's what 4. i'm playing i mean you know quite a bit nice how about you uh went to chicago this weekend which meant one thing i get off the plane i get into Poe's car we go to portillo's then we go to walmart maybe a target I forget which one. They all run together. I bought him a PS4. He needed a birthday gift because his birthday was the day before, and he needed a housewarming gift because I hadn't been to his new home in Chicago. Buy him this PlayStation 4 Uncharted collection. It's the Uncharted 4 bundle for play, the PlayStation 4 Slim now, the small one. Mm. Did he need a Neo? No, of course. Nobody needs a Neo. Poe doesn't have a 4K TV. Right. Poe doesn't know anything that's come with a Neo. He's not going to wait. Why should he wait? Buy that. Come home. Start downloading games for them. But the first and foremost thing we do is download Overcooked. Because if you remember when Poe came to visit for the Weezer concert, him and I played Overcooked nonstop, but we didn't beat the campaign. So this is our, we had to get it together in this, this long weekend to get to it. So we do that, download that, thanks to the, the power of the cloud, download our, my save from back home, we're right into it. We're right back into Overcooked. Last night, I need to go to bed so I can get up at 5 a.m. to get to horrible, horrible O'Hare Airport. We beat it. We beat the Overcooked campaign, Colin, at like... 1158 good thank you. you Kevin I tell you what it's a tough game it is I mean I've known th- how devious overcooked is for a while of course we'd made hell of good progress in the overcooked cooperative campaign there but to get to the end there when all they're throwing the burritos at you they're throwing the, all, like they just start giving you salads out of nowhere you got to feed the meatball the middle middle sections coming up and changing and we're doing all these different things it it, it was hairy because at the end there I didn't know what to expect because for a while it was the thing of like Alright, we've, we've beaten this one. To unlock the next one, we need 61 stars or whatever. We're three short, but we just got our ass handed that. Start doubling back. You know, let's go to back when we didn't know what the hell we were doing when we were making soup. Go back there, start three-starring those levels, get the stars up, come back. Start. But when you get to the final boss, the giant meatball that you meet in the beginning of the game or whatever, it's ten minutes. Spoilers. Ten minutes. See, well, that's the first thing you see. It ten minutes to go through and make all these different things with the middle of the section continually being pulled out and done it. And like, Why is the meatball demanding that you cook all this Because otherwise he's going to end the world. You know how he is. Uh... And it's, you know how you've, you've played the Overcooked. You know that when you get into a level, you jump in, you try to take your taxes from the last level and apply them to that level, and they rarely work. You got to go in there. You go, okay, now the trucks are moving this way. I only have a cutting station here. How am I going to make all this work? To have to do that on the fly in this giant 10 minute marathon, it took us a few tries, but we got it. And we were very proud of ourselves.
1: That's great. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm only seven stages in. I don't even know how many stages the game has, but I won't move on until we get three stars. I don't, I don't oh, know. so you're, you're World One, Stage Seven? Yeah. Okay, okay. I won't move on until we oh, get you three got, you got a lot ahead of you. But I feel like the game is making me so viscerally angry. Oh yeah. That I can't and I'm taking it out on everyone around me. Yeah. Where I'm like, I just wanna do like I'm getting mad at someone for not being as good of, at the game as I am or yeah. whatever. I'm oh. like, I can't play this. Like, like I I just it's overcooked is gonna ruin everything for me. There's no
2: way to it's hide a great game, you
0: know when You've screwed up, or in my case, when post screwed up. You know what I mean? I know if there was one part last night when we were doing one of the, the later rounds where he's just like, "I'm losing it. I'm losing." He's like, "I didn't know what He didn't know it." I'm like, "You make hamburgers. I need patties right now. <laughs> Get him on the conveyor belt so I can cook them. You know, I mean? we're just screaming, but we're like whisper screaming because this three year old's yeah. sleeping there. I'm like, "I'm gonna make the hamburgers. Bring me the hamburger." Well, you get it, and then when you find the rhythm, you go. Now, here's the dilemma I have, is that God only knows when I'll have another shot to play this game with Poe. I'm now two trophies short of 100%. One, the gold for three-starring every level, which I've done a lot of work on, and then two just playing a versus thing. That's easy. Right. I need your help. Will you come with me and help me out? Can I bring you up from the minors here to play on some of these ones? You'll get a taste of what, what's to come for you. Sure. You'll see what's because we got a three star these motherfuckers.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I I just will not move on without three starring a stage. I just can't do it. All right. Cool. We got to the stage where the, it just breaks in half. Oh, like, yeah. And I'm like, it's time for. I just like hit the stage button. I'm like, it's time for bed. Yeah. 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 No, no. I can't. I, can't I, I don't have the fucking the rage inside me that yeah, I already yeah. feel developing. Yeah. I can't. I can't do this right that was now. the problem when we did it on night one
0: of course when I got there I, it was the same thing where I'd flown out of San Francisco so early and then we got there I had a full day I'm running around with this three-year-old who's just, you know they got un- unlimited energy and so we get there at the end of the day and he wants to play this game my eyes are already burning and it's like I think, every time it got really hard I'd be like I just I just want to go but I was like no I'm committing to this we're gonna beat overcooked we took yeah it's a, fantastic uh I just game. feel
1: like yeah I, I can't you know one uh, you know I'm, uh, take a stage I'm like all right I'm feeling good 15 minutes later yeah I'm screaming about tomatoes and, yeah yeah why, where are the buns and yep. where's the soup and why is this burning and restarting the stage in the middle of the stage infuriating her. I just hit start just hit restart. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, like, no, I'm like, not we're not going to get it. We're not going to get it. We're wasting that's, our
0: time. That's the biggest thing. Like there was a moment last night with Poe where we were, we, need, we were about to we needed the third star and we were about to get it and, and we screwed something up and he's like, doesn't matter. We got it. I'm like, no, we don't. Like, that order is going to fail now. We're going to lose as yeah, many points, you- and we're going to come in 10 points short. And we did. It was, like, right back at
1: it, like, super angry at each other. It's what we're gonna it Overcooked that. is a very unique game. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. sure there are other games like this that, but, like, gets the juices oh, flowing yeah. for me. It right.
0: reminds me, uh, the reason I like it so much is that it reminds me so much of Diner Dash. Which I really liked playing, but Donner Dash was a solo game. At least the ones I ever
1: played. Yeah, no you know one I mean? to blame but yourself. So that was the thing where it is no now, where it's like
0: when you're like the Have you gotten to the ice levels where no. where like the glaciers are going? There's there's two solid sections and then icebergs that come by that you have to go on them. And so you, and you can there's you're sliding off of them on your own. But then when like somebody comes across and you bump into each other, and one of you goes away, like oh motherfucker, I just took a pot of soup with me that I was about to put into a bowl. You know how many seconds we're gonna lose now? You got up in each other's it's face. It's burning. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is PSI, love you, XOXO. It is kindofunny.com's of PlayStation podcast. It is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet, and it comes to you every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. So go to kindofunny.com, of subscribe to the other YouTube channels. There's two of them. Like all the other shows, share it with your friends, tell grandma there's stories and cartoons and things to go see, and always remember that Kevin's watching you at any given moment. Uh, only piece of housekeeping, believe it or not, Extra Life is coming up once again. kindofunnycom of slash Extra Life to join us in our campaign to raise money for the children's miracle network we were the 10th ranked team last year which is insane when you think about it because so many people do it and we're just one small thing that used to be out of a spare bedroom and now is out of a really really hot studio with kevin watching us so go to kind extra life learn how you can help sick kids whether by participating in the 24 hours of gaming or just by backing one of your team members like me or colin or whoever Colin. Mm. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's
1: Report. <laughs> Time for some singular possessive <laughs> news. There are only seven items on the list. Not A, very a, baker's, si- not a baker's Mini Hot Dozen. Not a very uh, good week. Not a very exciting week, but let's get through it nonetheless. Number one. PlayStation Vita was quote unquote too late to market. According to ex-CEA CEO Jack Trent in an interview conducted hey by our friend Ryan McCaffrey at IGN. Here's hey what he Ryan said. McCaffrey. Quote. Now that I don't work there anymore, he's talking about Sony, I think internally it was, this is a great machine, it's just too late. The world has shifted to portable devices that aren't dedicated gaming machines, and I think PSP was incredibly successful. I loved what it did, and I thought it brought a console-like experience and brought genres to an older gamer that typically didn't have console-like games to play on portable platforms. But Vita was a nice machine at a time when very few people felt like they needed a dedicated portable device. And that's what Jackie T had to say. I think that's part of it, yeah. We talk about it all the time, The
0: why the Vita stumbled right. I stand by the fact that it's in between the Sony that was PS3 and the Sony that was PlayStation 4. And if they could have waited, they would have waited. I think you would have seen the Sony that put out PlayStation 4 put out a much more competitive machine aimed at the gamers that would have been able to support and take on what you wanted to.
1: I agree. Uh, it's worth noting that uh, uh, Vita's still thriving in Japan. They just released a couple of, or announced a couple new colors. Konnichiwa. Hi. Uh, and... Uh, that Vita games are still on the docket, still coming. We, we talk about Darkest Dungeon, which coming to Vita. There's games still coming, lots of them. So uh, Vita's still Y2K. Well, Vita, still thriving in its own little mini ecosystem, its own sure. niche, but not in its AAA. Hey, let's Marcus PSP get your game on way. Nope, definitely not. Number two, what's next for Rocksteady Games, the studio responsible for the hugely popular Arkham Trilogy of Batman games? In a conversation with Eurogamer, Rocksteady producer Dax Ginn said, "Quote, What up, Dax?" To be honest, I don't really know. We're in a very enviable position where we have some time and space to decide what we're doing next. We could sit sit back and think what our dream game would be, and we have Warner Brothers support to do that. Ellipsis. I think we've proven that we're a hardworking team, we work well together, and we can really decide what's best creatively for our own destiny. Ellipsis. I think there's a little bit of sadness on the team. It feels like breaking up. The mood is really split. There's a feeling in the office like it's definitely time to do something else. We all accept that. But we all know Batman so well. We all feel comfortable in the Arkhamverse. We're definitely letting go of that comfort blanket and putting ourselves in the position where whatever we do next is going to feel very different. Batman Beyond! There's always an anxiety associated with change, and that's where we want to be. We want to feel uncomfortable because we want to make awesome stuff, end quote. And just as an interesting aside, Batman VR, Arkham VR just went uh, live, or goal, uh, gold and uh, submitted for certification and 70 of their 132 staffers were working on that, that
0: i mean that that's what i mean i always you know I, if you haven't heard us talk about it at the e3 shows when i went in to you know, i went into wb for behind closed doors appointments really just to get the green lantern or green arrow uh lego minifig for lego dimensions and uh, then on the way out i saw oh they're batman vr can i get in there when they pulled some strings got me in there and i walked in and it was sefton and dax and it was the people you'd expect to be back then i was like oh hey And they're like, "Hey," and they're like, "Oh, cool! You want to put?" As they went to put on, like, "So does this suck?" Like, what? No, does this suck? What are you talking about? Like, I when you put it on and you are in the Arkham games, I expect it to be some weird VR. It's It's we shipped this off to a third party studio and they did something and it's got our name on it, but we're working on a real game and, and like, no, no, we're all in on this and this is what it is and it is us wanting to stretch our legs and try something different and be uncomfortable and
1: see what a VR experience would feel like and that was cool. It is cool. So uh, I'll be interested to see what they do next. My theory is that obviously they'll stay, I think, in the DC Comics space, but I don't know. You know, I, th- I know we've talked about Justice League. I think that, you know, maybe a Superman game.
0: Yeah. It'd be interesting since they are Bat fans of expanding in a different way with Batman. I would love to see a Batman Beyond game. Don't know if that would ever happen. I just happen.
1: feel like they're probably over it. I I'm mean, sure they are, but I would, even, but even I would that, be.
0: like, taking it in, like, they're probably... I, I can totally see them being over the Arkhamverse, as they've said, right? But... Doing a Terry McGinnis Batman Beyond game would be so much different because it would be the alternate history to what necessarily their world was and Mm -hmm. they get to play with
1: that, but they get to be doing something different sure, and doing their own narrative, their own story. Number three, in the seemingly never ending struggle to avoid a hostile takeover of its company, Uh, Ubisoft has staged a buyback of shares from previous holder BPI France. Ubisoft is buying more than 3.6 million shares from the bank, or 3.2% of the company, for an astounding $137.9 million, which pegs Ubisoft's possible value at somewhere in the region of $4.5 billion. As GameSpot points out, the lone hostile takeover threat comes from Vivendi, which owns just north of 20% of the company, as it slowly purchases shares from stockholders eager for a buyout. Um, and this kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with an interesting article I just wanted to bring to people's attention at GameSpot. Tamor Hussein wrote a, a story. It's an interview with uh, Yves Guillemot. Uh, uh, it's called Yves Ubisoft Gilmont. on Vivendi Takeover Threat, Reinventing Assassin's Creed, Bringing Back Beyond Good and Evil. And in here... Uh, Tamor says asks for many people on the outside the Vivendi takeover attempt is essentially two giant companies fighting over control there may not be that understanding that the results could profoundly impact the developers that make the games they play for those people what does the potential takeover mean and why they should be why should they be concerned about it And and Eve says quote Creativity, agility, and risk-taking is intrinsic to our industry. If you are independent, you know the level you can go to. But if you're part of a conglomerate that doesn't understand what your industry is, how fast it's moving, or the decisions you have to make at speed, they can limit your possibilities. Then, automatically, you don't create new experiences that are coming out of nowhere. Sometimes when you take risks, it doesn't work, and you have to cancel a project because you thought the business was going in one direction, but it didn't. When the management allows that, you aren't blamed for not succeeding. Your management says, quote, Okay, we learned this and that, and we can use that on this new opportunity, end quote. When you're in an organization that's less risk-taking, you don't do that. And then you don't take risks. You don't get rewards. Yes, companies merging is normally not a problem, but in our industry, which is changing a lot of time, it's actually risky. Uh, End quote. Um, And he later asks. Tamura says people may look at companies like Bethesda and say they're not doing they're doing what they want, exploring opportunities and creating worlds under Zenimax, which is the company that owns yeah, yeah. Bethesda. What is it about Ubisoft that prevents it from having similar freedom and output under Vivendi? And Eve says, "Quote: Yes, but Zenimax is very much about video games. When I met those guys, and I don't know them very well, but I felt like most of what they do is video games. It's not a big conglomerate like a Disney or others. It's almost an independent company." To which Tomora says, "It's interesting you mentioned Disney. It's also a company that had a big presence in games, but all divested itself of video game development businesses internally. So I guess that's indicative of a worst case scenario of a Ubisoft under Vivendi." And Eve says, "Amongst other things, exactly. Says Disney spent 2.4 billion dollars to get into video games. For 1.2 billion dollars, they purchased studios, and they lost in operation 1.2 billion dollars." And they said, OK, no more. That's just because of business changes. It's very difficult to actually make the right decisions at the right time. Only a few specialists can do that. When you're not managed by specialists, even if they're brilliant, they're not going to help you. They're going to look at what you do and how successful you are. But you don't have that success. It's difficult. Um, so just a little bit of uh, this drama. This <clears throat> When's it going to end? We I, Either buy them or don't buy them. But I, I'm sick of seeing them slowly fight it out. And he also says and and Tamar says, touches on the fact that like he basically says like he will not be the CEO. If Evendy takes over and my assumption is that's not only gonna be his choice. I was gonna, gonna say, gonna I was gonna say I was gonna control Avendi. the board and then they'll out him. So yeah, or oust him I should say not out him. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, I uh, thought that little context would be interesting for people. Uh, this moves us on to number four, um, which is also about Ubisoft. It says according to Ubisoft, the division is 2016's best selling game to date. Ubisoft is presumably citing publicly and privately released sales data to garner that information, and it's unlikely to survive at that spot with both Call of Duty, Infinite Warfare, and Battlefield 1 launching in October. Additionally, the company confirmed that Far Cry Primal is one of the top 10 best-selling games of 2016 overall. Um, So Ubisoft's having a great year. The Division thing was more surprising to me, although when you look back uh, at the games that are coming out that have that stickiness to them, there really aren't any competitors, except for their own Rainbow Six, which came out actually in december and has been charting it just charted last month. Sure, division was another one
0: though that when it came out that's all anyone was playing even you you know what i mean like that i think shows like the penetration that did have and the fact that i was obsessed with it i was playing with fran every night and people were streaming it and that it was this giant movement i, I believe it 100 there's something far cry, about that game oh yeah agreed in far well, obviously i liked it a lot i played a ton of it In far cry primal is the same way i think that's this year's um the zombie game you like so much that roger craig smith stars in
1: Came oh, out. Dying Light.
0: Dying Light. Came out at the exact right time, right? People wanted something new. They needed some- It was New Year. Let's get something cool to play, and that hit. And it, it totally, oh, it's Far
1: Cry, and it's different, and okay, cool. We'll jump in and play. Yeah, so congratulations to ub for, uh And, you know, next year they're dropping South Park, Wild and they're dropping Lands. Wildlands, woo, and, woo! and all that. He also talks a little bit about Assassin's Creed, actually, Yves Goumont, in that particular interview, just saying that it'll be ready when it's ready. Good. And that they're not guaranteeing a 2017 release date. And that's different. And I think that they need to do that. Number five, from software, the studio best known for Demon Souls, Dark Souls 1 through 3, and Bloodborne is hard at work on three new games. The president of the studio, Hidetaka Miyazaki, spoke with IGN at Tokyo Game Show about these games. He said, quote, so there are several titles that we are currently working on. Some of those are dark fantasy. Some of those could be a mech game. That's one thing. By the way, he confirmed that the mech game um, is Armored Core okay. later on. So Armored Core is definitely one of them. The second thing is that one of the new titles I've been working on will probably comply with the expectations from the fans in a straightforward manner. That's got to be Bloodborne 2, I think. Yeah right you think so because he's already said that they're not going to do we're going to get that more dark souls but that has to be bloodborne again what he says is the second thing is that one of the new titles i've been working on will probably comply with the expectations from the fans in a straightforward manner gotta think so what's the most straightforward thing a direct sequel they're not doing more dark souls it's gotta be this the last thing is another title that will probably be a little bit weird when we actually announce the title fans will probably the fans will probably act with oh what the hell is this very weird game that miyazaki has created so when i say weird i mean that the genre we're trying to going to try might be a little bit weird. Not only that, but all the actual game content might be a little weird, yes. Uh, end quote. And then he said in a separate interview on IGN posted from TGS with the same person, he also discussed moving on from the Dark Souls as a studio. This particular quote comes from the perspective of the translator talking about what Miyazaki said If case people are consu- cons- uh, confused about confused. Because there was confusion the about this, right? Yeah. yeah. Quote, it doesn't necessarily mean he's not going to work on a Dark Souls-like game, so he would definitely bring some of the good things. That could be in some some in-game elements, some of the product development experience. He would definitely bring those to a Dark Souls-like game or a Dark Souls-like franchise in the future, Ellipsis. From software believes all the things we have learned in the past titles can be best reflected in the future only by starting work on a new franchise or series. That's the philosophy behind us trying to make a decision about leaving the Dark Souls franchise, end quote. So Dark Souls 3 sounds like it'll be the end, but I'm sure that maybe another studio will move it. So I think somebody else will pick it up. So the three games that they're working on, we know for sure Armored Core is one of them, which is not a surprise. That's really That was their ship before Dark Souls. Uh, number two sounds like Bloodborne 2. Again, the second thing is one of the new titles I've been working on will probably comply with the expectations from the fans in a straightforward manner. I can't imagine what else that would be. And then number three, who the hell knows? Sounds like a genre that you might not expect. Maybe a shooter. Or Katamari. Katamari. Exactly. Um, I'm just looking at something real quick. Look at it. Look at it, Colin.
0: Look right into it. Look right into the urethra. Tell me what you see. Yeah, nothing here. I'm nothing, looking into the urethra in and I don't
1: see anything in the urethra. Thank you. Uh, number six, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare's beta is quickly approaching. And PlayStation 4 players will get first dibs. The first of two beta weekends begins on October 14th, my birthday. Wow. At 10 a.m. Pacific time, it will run into October 17th. This beta is only open to PlayStation 4 owners. The next weekend, a second beta will run from October 21st to October 24th, and it will be open to PS4 and Xbox One players. It's unclear what content in particular will be available in the beta and whether the two weekends will, weekends will have different content. Um, but that's how I mean the game just went gold, by the way. So congratulations I to you. I saw the John uh, Sne John Sne running. Snow. Jon and finally, number seven wrap up. Zelda clone Oceanhorn is officially coming to PlayStation Vita, according to a tweet from developer FDG Entertainment that shows the game running on the handheld. Release information or even outright confirmation is still forthcoming, but we do see the game. Um, they had put up the poll. Right? Yep. Hey, should we do this? It didn't take very long to put it on. We retweeted. I'm sure they were already. Maybe, it, maybe it was. It. Maybe it's just a remote play. Just a screenshot. Little Nightmares from Tarsier Studios, who we know from Little Big Planet okay. and, and all this, Talented has been revealed in for PlayStation 4. This is the interesting thing an adaptation of a game called The City of Metronome that the studio showed off at E3 a full decade ago and then they never released it. Huh. It looks to be an adventure game. Arcade basketball game 3 on 3 Freestyle is coming to PS4 sometime in the fourth quarter of 2016. And finally, Metroidvania like game Sundered has been revealed for PS4 and will launch in 2017. Oh no, and, there, and finally, I'm sorry, there's one, one more. And finally, really. Square Enix has filed a Japanese trademark for something called Stormblood. The little else is currently known about it, and that's it for a week—a uh, a light week of news. But I thought they were quality. That was—we had good discussion mm. and everything else, and they were interesting
0: tidbits. Colin, mm. you know I like Oceanhorn. Mm. I don't care that it's a direct rip-off of Zelda and just stealing IP stuff all over the place. Couldn't be any more direct. I'm excited for it to come to Vita, but that's so far away because it probably hasn't even started to work on. Uh, if I want to know what came digitally and locally
1: to the mom and Grop shops, where would I go? You go to the official list of upcoming PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, and sometimes PSB software by the kind of funny co-founders. <laughs> not, not compared to a lot of weeks, not, not a crazy week this week in terms of volume. Arcade, arcade Archives Contra. I'm sorry. Arcade, I had a little... I had a little <laughs> <laughs> arcade Archives Contra comes to PS4 Digital. This is Contra is an action game released by Konami in 1987. Soldiers Bill and Lance work to stop the destruction of Earth and challenge an alien threat with incredible weapons and guerrilla tactics. Darkest Dungeon comes to PS4 and Vita digital cross-buy. Time out. So Contra, mm-hmm. is that just uh, as the
0: arcade archives, if, I'm, if, I, if somebody like me came around who didn't have NES but went to a friend's house and they were playing Contra, is that the same Contra? Or uh, the arcade consoles? one is a little
1: different, but okay. uh, the NES one's a little more rudimentary. But it's, So this one's good. Well, they're both good. Okay, yeah. I'm just making sure this one isn't like... Yeah, they're not, they're not identical. There's okay. a lot of shit from the NSR in that regard. Darkest Dungeon comes to PS4 and Vita Digital cross-buy. Darkest Dungeon is an award-winning gothic roguelike RPG about the psychological stresses of adventuring. Recruit, train, and lead a team of flawed heroes against unimaginable horrors, stress, famine, disease, and the ever-encroaching dark. Can you keep your heroes together when all hope is lost? People fucking love this game, and I can't wait to play I it. I played it at a PAX, and I was really impressed with what I played. Dead Rising 2 comes to PS4 Retail. Already digital. In the sequel to De- Dead Rising Players, step in the shoes of Chuck Green, professional motorcycle racer. Chuck Green. Surrounded by a horde of hungry zombies in the spectacular casino town of Fortune City, Chuck finds himself in a race against time to find Zombrex, the one thing that can keep Katie, his young daughter, alive. FIFA 17 comes to PS4 and PS3 digital and retail. FIFA 17 immerses you in authentic football experiences by leveraging the sophistication of a new I'm game sorry, engine. Football? Uh, They mean soccer. Thank you. That's what it says. Complete innovation... you, the football? No, not football. Complete innovation in the way players think and move, physically interact with opponents, and execute in attacks lets you own every moment on the pitch. Licksphere. Lightsphere comes to PS4 Digital. Lightsphere is an... uh, uh, an I'm sorry. Lightsphere is an action arcade light spear throwing simulator based in an ancient Germanic future. In a land filled with worse zombies and hipster ice giants, survival is an art. Grab your spear, become a German... German... Germanaut... And traverse land straight out of Germanic myths. Survive with style and expand your powers to fight for the glory and amusement of the almighty gods. Huh. Okay. Mount and Blade Warband comes to PS4 digital and retail. In a land torn asunder by incessant warfare, it's time to assemble your own band of hardened warriors and enter the fray. Lead your men into battle. Expand your realm and claim the ultimate prize, the throne of Cal- Calradia. Huh. Wand Wars comes to oh, PS4 God. digital. This is out uh, Wednesday. This is a 928 release. Wand Wars is a fast paced, magical sports game. Players ride brooms over ancient arenas, cast arcane spells, and turn opponents into adorable chickens. Try to control a powerful sphere that bounces around the arena, increasing in speed and size over time. And f- oh no, there's two more, I'm sorry. XCOM 2 comes to PS4 digital and retail. Earth has changed and is now under alien rule. Huh? Facing impossible odds, you must rebuild XCOM and ignite a global resistance to reclaim our world and save humanity. Take command of the Avenger, an alien supply craft converted to XCOM's mobile headquarters. You decide where to guide your strike team, how to expand your support, and when to combat enemy counter operations. I was never good enough at XCOM 1 to know we lost. (laughs) I didn't know the aliens won. (laughs) And finally, Xeros comes to PS4 Digital. Pure action fights in a sci-fi setting. The galaxy must be saved by the Xeros special agents with punches and high-tech weapons. Fight against the robotic army of Dr. Vendetta and mess up his plans to turn every living creature into odd and hostile minions. That's it. You're wrong, Colin. What else is there?
0: This is the day. This is the week where Lego Dimensions year two begins. No, I don't do DLC. They got, this isn't DLC. There's characters out there and there's things happening. They're popping off. I mean, you can't even that's buy that's it digitally. You got to go to the store. You got to go to but the, it's on the same disc, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay, so that's not a But game. so many new levels in the Ghostbusters story pack. You got the Knight Rider. You got the A-Team. You got Mission Impossible. You got Harry Potter. It's all happening, buddy. Well, even wait, Adventure Time. You know how much you love Adventure Time. Jake and the uh, well, either Jake's the dog, and they got the kid in the hat. They got the kid in the hat named Jake and the dog. But they're happening. They're doing stuff. Lots to be excited what about there. Talking
1: about, to be honest, but
0: then why don't we talk about topic of the show? Tots, tots, tots,
1: tots, tots.
0: This is one you've thought up.
1: Yep. You want to rank PlayStation
0: Four exclusives upcoming?
1: Yeah, So I want to be clear about this. I've Late identified. Army let me see one two three four nine five nine games that i think we could all agree are a triple a first party incubated or significant second party exclusives nine of them there okay. are others that are not on this list for instance nino Kuni 2 is not on this list right wow. i love nino Kuni. yeah it's not on this list um, so that's just one example of a game that you might you know or, or matterfall which is a second party x incubated game but probably not of the triple a variety so i tried to identify the uh the nine games that i thought fit the bill okay that we could talk about in a major way because we're talking about a dearth of and we've been talking about a dearth of uh triple exclusives coming to playstation Four every holiday season this holiday season is no exception last guardian 2 uh i think is triple a in a sense um gravity rush 2 i don't think anyone no. would call a triple a game no i'm, a, I'm um, a gravity rush fan i don't think it's triple so excited for we're gonna play it. so um so here are the games okay yeah i'm ready In no particular order. No particular. Spider-Man from Insomniac. Spider-Man. Gran Turismo Sport from Polyphony. God of War, the reboot from Sony Santa Monica. Dreams uh, from Media Molecule. Detroit Become Human from Quantic Dream. Days Gone from Bend. Death Stranding from Kojima. Horizon Zero Dawn from Guerrilla. And The Last Guardian from Japan Studio. Um, Those are the games that we must order.
0: From so most questions. exciting to
1: least exciting. All right, so it's most exciting and least exciting.
0: And that's, are we going off of what, are, is this uh, our personal favorites? Is yeah. this, are we trying to make, are we trying to act as in- industry naval There's gazers? There's no
1: objectivity to this whatsoever. Ooh. It is a subjective <laughs> listing of what you think the best, like the most exciting and the least exciting games amongst those are. And I would start at the top with the oh, least Don't, ex- don't. don't. I'm going to write down what my number nine is. I think and I, I'm sure. So this is
0: what our least. So let's take a moment. Do you, to, or do you want to take them and order them? And order them individually. Okay. Kevin, what's the time code? 150, 150. 150. That's not going to help me. Yet, probably. Yeah. Whatever. I'm going to put in some music here while elevator music while we order stuff. and we're back I'll tell you what I thought I knew what I was going to write and then I started writing it it gets wonky and I'm going to have to justify a lot of my decision making things here so you're starting with your least exciting game. Right. Now, this is where I thought I was going to jump and say what I thought you were going to say, but then I wrote down mine since we're just doing it's our personal thing. I think you personally feel the same, but I think you'd put Dreams as your number nine. Gran Turismo. That's what I put, too. Come on. There it is. Come on. I'm it's not just because cap- we're not car guys.
1: Right, exactly. Hey, I, I ain't no car guy. I hey. wanna be. I want to be clear that, you know, we're not trying to be objective there is no objective listing we're just talking about the games we're most or least excited about are you writing sure. them down yeah i'm gonna so you're it. gonna take care of it yeah okay great number eight so that's number nine gran turismo unanimous least favorite least exciting triple <laughs> a game but for many for millions <laughs> so many people screaming in their cars Whatever. right now for, they look for, nothing for, like their family for, for millions it's gonna be a very very exciting game okay number eight i put dreams yeah me too Look We're not getting yet. wonky yet. No. We're gonna get wonky right after this event. Now, dreams. I just, I just think that that game's in some degree of trouble. Not yeah. from a development standpoint, but from a marketing and what is it standpoint. And a is anyone interested in this standpoint? Remember that this game was shown in some way before PS4 was available. It was shown February 2013, in which was which was, and like we still have no idea i someone had said and i don't remember i don't remember this particularly but i think someone was saying that they were talking about having a beta sometime this year they were i think Uh, i want to say they said summer and uh that's coming on i really do feel like that they have a whole lot of something with that game and in there is a whole lot of nothing like that's that's really the way i feel it's it's tool creation yeah and then they created the tools and it's very compelling very interesting very smart people over there they showed us the game of gdc Particularly because I'm not a believer in it, sure. and I understand it a little bit more. You but understand. they have to—they have to do an educational tour of the world, unlike I've ever seen before, to make this game resonate with people. The I
0: thing about one of the the. the PSX is when I first saw it, and then yeah, it was when we brought you over at GDC or where they can be at GDC for the uh, stream. The thing about it was, right, they're showing you the tools and how cool it is, and then what how you can run around what they've made. But that's still not showing us what the game is, like what the story right. is, and what's pushing us, and how it will be for some people like us that don't want to create things in there. What's it going to be? What am I going to be playing? Right. Number seven
1: The Last Guardian. Days gone. Huh. Yeah. You're some sort of Eric Jensen trader.
0: No, I'm not. Here's because here's how I view this list of. Look at Eric Jensen trade? in
1: his fucking face and tell him that.
0: Kevin, give me my one. Kevin, give me. Is that already? It's always been on my one. Colin was never in it. You don't see the phone? No, I don't, there's a smiley face there. I don't see anything. No, get this, Greg. Yeah. I can now switch my phone. Oh, neat. All right, so I'm the one. Yeah. Eric Jensen. I want to explain to you what's happening, all right? It's not that... Uh, here's how, I, how I'm interpreting this list, all right? I'm thinking of it very much as that weekly update you get on ESPN of who's hot, who's cold, r- rankings, people moving around right now. That's what's happening. So right now, at number seven, I have Days Gone. Just because, okay, cool. It looks like a good zombie game. It looks like I'm going to be running around killing hordes. It's got Sam Witwer in it. You know how much I like Sam Witwer? Don't, Sam, if you're watching, you know I like you. Don't worry about it. I'm not saying I don't believe in the game. That I don't think it's gonna be good. It's just having it so far out, knowing so little of it, I'm not worried. It's not right now in the rankings, that's where I'm putting it.
1: Last Guardian though. On the morbid curiosity level, yeah. it doesn't get any higher than the Last Guardian. Sure, hundred percent. Yeah. It's yeah. the last guardian of Final Fantasy Fifteen duking it out. Yeah. For games that were announced ten years ago and are finally gonna launch this <laughs> fall. Uh from a from an execution standpoint, uh, I just don't believe that the Last Guardian is going to be war- is going to justify its uh, its development cycle, its restarting and stuff like that. What I fear with the Last Guardian, I've said this before, is people are going to get a five hour game, yeah, and people are going to be furious. Uh, but I hope that it works out because remember eco eco shadow of the cost is a pretty long game depending on how you play it, but eco would not a long game and people not at all. It's like 90 minutes yeah. long People loved it. Yeah, but they weren't um, expecting it. They weren't waiting and they weren't putting out so those. Uh last guardian. I just I want to play because I'm curious like if if someone was literally like you You're never gonna play the last guardian. I'll be like, oh, that's fine. Yeah Well, here's the thing number six for me is the last guardian
0: and I put it at number six because of the exact same thing I'm curious for it based on what I've heard of people who have played it, whether it be at E3 or somebody's popping around there, it's like, okay, I, I feel like it's a, a similar to what I was talking about with No Man's Sky with Kevin and I. I feel like my expectations have been brought down so much that watching that last trailer they put out during GameStop, or when we were at GameStop Xbox probably a TGS trailer, I watched it and I was like, that actually looks interesting. I'm interested in this. And if that game, we sit down and play it and it is 90 minutes, okay, I'm not, I'm not looking for more from that necessarily. If it turns out that it's 12 hours and it's fantastic, Awesome. Fifteen minutes per year of development. Exactly. I'm just not. I have no expectations for it. And I don't. I was never
1: sitting around going, "Oh my god, I can't wait to have it." I can't wait. Yeah. To have it. Can't no. Wait to yeah. Have me, it. me neither. Yeah. Me neither. That's, What's your that's number story. six? Uh, Death Stranding is number ah. six for me. Um, this is a show me when you're ready kind of game. I think they're talking way too much about it. I think that's uh, not a good idea. Um, and. While I understand coming out with the, the shotgun and being like, Kojima's making a PlayStation 4 and PC game, but generally a PlayStation 4 exclusive, internally developed by Sony uh, Studios, or Sony Computer Entertainment, well, it's not Sony Computer Entertainment, but the first party. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm like, that's great. Now go away. Uh, and, and instead, they're talking way too much about it. I think setting expectations is a little too high. Not mm-hmm. intentionally, maybe blatantly. Um, so, I'm excited about Death Stranding. I want to see what it's all about. Uh, I believe in Kojima's ability to deliver a great game, obviously. Uh, but it's too far away for me to get too excited about it. So it's down low on the list right now. That's why my number five is death stranding
0: as well. Cool. Stop talking about it. I it's Kojima It's Norman Reedus. I'm set. I don't need to know anymore. Please stop putting out smaller and smaller tastes. You know what I mean? The trailer I thought was great. He came on stage. Hello. Awesome. Don't do the thing where you're revealing the logo. Don't keep talking about it at trade shows. Just go work on it. Just go away and do it. And however far out it is. Yeah, that's why it's
1: there. And I think he was saying like 2019 is when they're aiming. Yeah. Um, so well, yeah, I called that a while ago. People were like, oh, 2018 or 20 something like what? Well, yeah. What movie was he? Based- Kira uh, was going to yeah. be out before the Olympics mm-hmm. in 2020 or whatever. Yeah. So there's that. We'll see. No. Uh, number four. Number five. Oh, I sorry, didn't yeah. number five. Uh Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, super intrigued by it. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's m- stronger offerings uh, from a delivery standpoint, I think, for me in terms of like, well, this is what the game is and this is why she's excited about it over Spider-Man, which we have not seen played yet. We've seen some interesting trailers and some footage, but um, I think Insomniac's probably going to really hit it out of the park with this game. Uh, it seems like they're going to be given a lot of time, and it seems like they have the energy and the money and all this kind of stuff to do it. So, um, And it seems like it's a kind of an iteration in some way on what they learned um, from Sunset Overdrive. Yeah, you'd like to think so, so right? No, which I think was a good freedom game. Freedom of movement, yeah. So, uh, so Spider-Man is number five for me, but we'll, you know, that's a wait and see. I, I assume that's a 2018 game. Okay. My number four is God of War. Loved the E3 demo. Super stoked with what I saw. Want
0: to see more of it. Uh, Of course, you and I have been vocal opponents of kratos for quite some time uh, i thought this did the what we're always talking about make him an interesting character give me a reason to like him give me a reason to care about him show me a range of emotions they did in that demo right of him trying to restrain his anger trying to reaching out for his son but not touching him. how are we going to deal with that i like that i like the fact that it's taking what i mean if you look at god of war and its testosterone drivenness of the you know the original i'm gonna call it trilogy even though you know whatever it gets messy the, the way they did that right i i think that you can take that as a prologue to what this Kratos is going to be and having that bombastic backstory to then set up this guy who has been around for hundreds of years. That's been doing all this stuff, thousands of years living this life where he can't die and he can't get away from it. And now he, what is that? What kind of mindset does that put him in that gets me excited for a story level?
1: Yeah, I think uh, God awards number four for me too. Um, and, uh, yeah, I really am blown away by what they're doing. Um, or what they're trying to do. I think Corey back in the fold makes a lot of sense yeah. to um, to reimagine a, a character and a franchise that he had a guiding hand in creating to begin with, or, or guiding it um, to begin with. I think that uh, Kratos was in desperate need of a change. I think Kratos is a fucking awful character, and I don't mean from his from his like he's a terrible person or a terrible god or he know, just whatever. He had one emotion. He's just he's just, he's just boring, yeah. and the games I think were were fun. They were always fun. But I think that they were one-dimensional in a sense that like they're just fun and they're, and that's fine. But I, with a game this beautiful, with a world this beautifully realized and with combat that deep and, yeah. that, and that influential, that arcade combat being so influential, we were missing a huge component which was the story and the character and like the, the, the emotional resonance of the game. It didn't have it. Um, it seems like they know that. It seems like what we've been saying for years isn't an uncommon... E- there's two things. Either what we've been saying for years they're just listening to us or people like us or more likely they are getting that feedback from lots of people that like Kratos has worn his welcome out. He's not an interesting character. We ha- we expect more from our protagonists and you need to do something about it. I think what I, I think, think what, that they're doing it. I think what you're seeing is I think they could
0: easily come out and cash in another God of War the way you expect God of War. Angry, bombastic, bombastic, let's have sex with everything, let's yell everything. And millions of gamers would be totally fine. But I think as you've seen with the first party, they've shifted, right? I think that what Naughty Dog has done has gotten them so far ahead of the pack that everybody looks to it and they're like, That's what we should do. We should be making games and if we're making a narrative and we are making they don't have to be as like ground as The Last of Us or something to that effect or that darker, that somber. But they need to be in that vein in terms of the strength of the story and the strength of the character and the strength of the cast, right? You even Mm -hmm. see that, I mean, like, whether it worked or not, you see that with uh, Second Son, where it's like, okay, we didn't like Delson, but I loved Fetch, and I loved this, and, you know, there was different people in that world that it worked with, let alone that it seemed like the real Seattle, and that's why one of the problems I had with it of, like, the juxtaposition of how missions are delivered with the real world you set it in, but you see that with God of War, you see that with Days Gone, you see that
1: with these games that are coming up from these first-party studios. Uh, Number three, I have Days Gone. Okay. Um... I just am anxious and interested to see what Ben has been doing. And I feel like the game in a lot of ways is contrived to people. And I get that. I understand that. We only, we already have a game that looks and feels like this within the first party. Nonetheless, which I would say is the last of us. Nonetheless, um, Games outside of the first-party ecosystem that are kind of doing the same thing, but I think that there's more to this, and it has nothing to oh, do. Yeah, with the, I do too. It has nothing to do with the lore in terms of like, well, they're 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 uh, freakers. They're not really dead, and they sleep and they eat and all that. Like, I think that's interesting. That's that's an interesting lore building, a world building kind of choice that they've made. Again, not unique necessarily, but different than mindless zombies. Um, but it's also, I want to see, like, how big the world is. I like that it takes place where it takes place, which I think is interesting and weird. The games don't take place in the Pacific Northwest very often. We did see, but again, Infamous took place in the Pacific in Northwest. In a major city. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, um, all over the yeah, place. And, and I, I want to see, like, the quest structure, I want to see how big and bold and grand yeah, it is. My assumption about it is that it's very big. And I hope I'm right. Like, I feel like the game's going to be quite large. The reason I think that is because you're riding on a motorcycle. It wouldn't it, it, it wouldn't make sense to give you a traversal quite like that if you weren't, expected to cover, cover a lot of ground. The ground yeah, yeah. Um, but I also think the combat looks interesting I like you know the tech behind it's interesting in terms of like all the moving characters and and, and, and all this uh, like we saw at the lumber mill or whatever the fuck it was at E3 I just feel like I really want more I want a date I want um, I want lots of extended gameplay I want hands-on with it I think all that's going to come in the Q1 yeah not the game itself but all that information I think will come Q1 I think that's probably gonna be a holiday 2017 game if not sooner maybe it'd be smart to put it out in the summer um, or in the waning months of summer September say Uh, but I'm very excited about it. Very excited. about it. I'm I'm excited because of the pedigree. I like bend.
0: I like their games. I just need to see what sets it apart. You know what I mean? We're, I hope it is huge too. And I hope this is what happens. And I, but I don't know right now it does look, I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole problem with the delivery method of it is that I, the most, the most interesting thing I saw from days gone was the initial trailer before they showed gameplay. When it was Sam Whitworth's character talking about what's happened since then and how they're surviving, and he, you know, clearly was referencing his girlfriend or wife or whoever was on the motorcycle with him to then jump to the gameplay. And I was like, okay, cool, like I'm in. This is my kind of game. Obviously, I'm I'm Mr. Zombie Guy, but I I'm more interested Mr. in the first Mr. Zombie part Guy, the, hey, it's me, Mr. Zombie no Guy. Sky number three, Horizon Zero Dawn, and this is where it gets really tough. I feel at the top. This is where it gets really really tough. But Horizon Zero Dawn, slam dunk. I'm ready for that's And I guess that's the thing is like. This is one of those games I feel I might be protecting my excitement for, on because it's c- close. Not like right tomorrow, but it's close enough that I don't need to worry about it. I don't want to know any more about it. I don't want to see any more about it. I, like Gorilla, always have, even when I was like, eh, this kill zone wasn't for me. This kill zone was. I respect everything they do and how they how they work. I'm excited for that game. Everything I've seen for that game gets me super, super excited.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. I know you're going to talk about it here in, in a second. Where are we on? Number two? Number two. Detroit Become Human is number two for me. Me too. Um so I was a little bit skeptical about this game particularly because for two reasons. One is I don't think Beyond Two Souls was a particularly good game. I, I just think I just think that it was a miss for them. Uh Ellen Page's performance was very good. The writing wasn't necessarily bad. I think that the misordering of the chapters was a weird move. I think that there was a lot of weird narrative missing narrative resonance in it i just didn't care about it at all yeah exactly that was the problem um, and it's it was it was stark contrast to heavy rain which i think yep. is a really extraordinary game i think heavy rain is is fantastic um so when we saw detroit uh at e3 uh first the, like the, the kind of the 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 uh trailer of showing like the different things that could happen to the girl on the rooftop and all that kind of stuff I'm like all right this is cool but then when we saw it being played um i was like this is very very cool Uh, Quantic has something on their hands because the other thing the second pillar that I was worried about was um, what Supermassive did with Until Dawn um, and some others are doing with these more choice based narrative driven games I'm like I think Quantic Dream is going to get lapped I think that what I feared was we're going to see something that doesn't that's more a Quantic Dream game it reminds me of what Bethesda does where it's like CD Projekt comes out with something like The Witcher 3 and then Bethesda comes out with something like Fallout 4 that is just not as good Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, it, mm-hmm. and and it's just their game and they do it and people like it and that's fine but it's just it's not The Witcher right sure. um, and it doesn't learn from those around it because it doesn't have the luxury to do that the game's built in a vacuum and secret they don't know what anyone else is doing and it seems like I don't have anything to worry about with that with quantum dream i feel like i feel like this is an evolution of what they're doing the story seems to resonate i like the idea of it taking place in detroit i think that's really cool it seems like the the reason it's there for me right is that it seems from what we've seen is
0: that this is the sequel to heavy rain this is the you know this is the one where i was you know i talked about at the beginning of the show buying poe a ps4 he asked me oh yeah and have the heavy rain guys done this thing i need to play him like they put out this game you don't need to worry about it but this next one seems like it's going to be what we wanted it is the multi multi perspectives it is this story it is this overall narrative of how these androids ai's are going to work into the, what's happening here right but then it also is going to be obviously all interconnected and how does it connect and where, where are we going and what is the push for it that's what i can't wait for that's what i can't and that that's what was missing i really felt with uh the ellen page game right was the fact that you're playing beyond and it is it's just her and when she's wishy, wishy-washy about what she's doing and why she's doing it it was so hard to get behind her, or care about her, because why would I want to keep going if you're not interesting me? Whereas it's like in heavy rain, if like for some reason Ethan's story didn't resonate with you, maybe Madison's did, and then when they come together, you can find a new side to that person that you didn't like for some reason, or you're making those choices that are then playing them off of each other and changing the way it all plays out. Right.
1: Uh, number one, we only have games left, so yep. Horizon is my number one game. Uh, you know, I'll mimic a lot of what you so what we've already said. I think generally about Horizon. The reason it's number one for me is because I played it pretty extensively. It's close, and I know exactly what it is, I think, and I'm super stoked about it. Now, we don't know anything about the scale. We don't know anything about the story kind of beats per se. We don't know um, how deep the combat goes and how big the world is, but um, I think that, considering who's writing it, uh, the writer uh, of New Vegas, Uh um, how long it's taken him to create it, something like five years, um, and all the rest speaks to a very extensive game, and an expansive game, and I think what they have here potentially is their next Uncharted. I think that this is possibly their next big IP. If this thing hits the way it was, it, it, I think it will. Um, and it's as good as I hope that it is. Uh, I think Horizon is the beginning of, a, of something very special for Gorilla and something very special for PlayStation over the next decade um, as they put out a couple more. Um, you know, my, my, That's my hope. Uh, I feel like uh, proprietary, exclusive, open-world role-playing games are not very common. I think this is a yep. very 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 smart move on Sony's part on Shuhei's part and the guys over there to green light this and to be like yes we want an open world this is going to take time it's going to cost money but we want this is what's hot right now people are so excited about the Skyrim release people really loved Fallout 4 and Witcher 3 people love Dying Light and even Mad Max and all these other games that are you know, uh, that are open world and we want our own yeah. and I think that we've, that we've had open world and Infamous is an open world game for instance but not something like this um so horizon i'm super jazzed about i really do feel like they're going to deliver something super special and i'll be really disappointed um if it's not anything less than me too or anything you know it's got to be great and i think it's going to be great i think that's why they take the extra time and they I, i played it it feels great it really does it's a little complicated You'll get used to it like another game. Thing. You're, you're getting dropped into
0: later portions of the game. It's not like you're starting from scratch.
1: It's the same thing in my watchdog my you know,
0: impressions of watchdogs too, right? Where it was like they gave us the save five or six hours in and I liked what it was doing, but I was super <sighs> lost in the controls. But it's not like that way when you get to there naturally you go up that way. Sure. And yeah, my number one Spider Man. I mean and like that
1: surprises me a little bit.
0: Really? Because you don't know anything about it yet. But Well, I mean, we're talking about excitement, though. That's true. And I think I know enough that, I mean, like, this is, for me, similar to when they announced Infamous. This is, I mean, the only way this announcement could be better is if it was a studio I like as much as I like Insomniac working on an exclusive Superman game. It's the fact that I trust Insomniac. I know I think I do think they know what they're doing in third person games and running around having fun. I think it will be an open world game. I think it will be a runaround, oh, yeah, let's get, sure. get our missions, let's go do this. And I love the fact that it's exclusive, not for the reasons of I'm a PlayStation fanboy, yada yada yada. Of the fact that when we sit there and talk about what are the best PlayStation games and we rank them, you get to that top ten, you get to that top five, and it usually is exclusives. It is, hey, we're able to sit here and fucking focus on what this system can do, what it can look like, how we can make this game sing in a way that you can't do it because we're 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 not worrying about this skew and that skew and dialing it down to this and what the minimum specs are going to be and all these different things. Having them say here is Spider-Man which is I mean a fantastic universe to begin with a fantastic story to begin with do whatever you want with it. Uh, er, Assumedly do take your completely your own tale. take you know whatever cues you want from other stuff, but it's been very clear. He has a different suit because he's not Spider-Man from the comics. He's not Spider-Man from the movies. This is insomniac Spider-Man. So the idea of like if even if Xbox had the batman franchise like the you know the rocksteady guys and we had that exclusively and let them sit there so that the pc version wasn't crashing all the time and saves weren't getting eaten to sit there and give them a universe that rich that has gotten fucked over and has been fucked into the ground by activision in the contracts and these shitty deals that marvel signed for years and years and years and years to have somebody finally sit there and go okay fuck that You're taking Spider-Man. You're giving it to one of the most talented developers going right now, and you're going to let them tell their Spider-Man story on their terms on one system. Go make it and take time. That's insane. Like, that's... I mean, like, I... You know, Beanox... Bless their hearts when they put out that first one, Shattered Dimensions. Everybody's like, "Man, it's got some problems and it doesn't look great here and there." Like but it's one. good. It's fun. Yep. Yeah, we like it. And then they're like, "All right, do it again. All right, Edge of Time. All right, do it again, Spider Man." And it was like, "Amazing Spider Man. Amazing Spider Man 2 And like, the games just went down because, like, rather than give them time, Activision did the opposite. of Turn it out in nine months. Put it out in a year. Do this. We need a movie tie-in. We need a movie tie-in. Whereas for them to finally say, "Let's take this and treat this character like Rocksteady and Warner Brothers treated Batman, and just go out there and make a fucking story and nail it." That's awesome. Yeah, that's ex- it I'm is exciting. Excited. It's very
1: unusual yeah. to see them in, in the exclusive ecosystem. But and that's um, not t- Insomniac, but Spider-Man. I'm, I'm Marvel, in, yeah. yeah uh, so it's cool. It's great. Uh, yeah, good list. So um, do we want to put them together into some sort of mathematical thing, or are we good with just our own list? I think we're fine with both. I want to see, ladies
0: and gentlemen, I want to see you be tweeting at us, at Greggy at no Taxation. Let's tweet your lists. Be tweeting those lists at us. Let us see what's happening. We want to know where you put these nine exclusives. You can also go over to KindOfFunny.com slash PSQ. I guess you the PlayStation. I love you XOXO XO board. You can go in there. Do that. Spell out your list there. Start your own thread. Ask questions. No big deal.
1: Colin. Yeah, it's trophy time. Okay. What do you got for me? Uh, first of all, rise of the Tomb Raiders trophies are live. Oh fuck. I can't wait for that game. One hundred and eighteen bronze trophies. Five silver, one gold, one platinum. Okay uh i'm not gonna go through all the trophies God, no. uh but the reason I that there are so many no. platinums is because there's one two bronzes three f- i'm sorry bronzes five so there are five d l. c packs right uh one has thirteen bronzes one has eight bronzes and two silvers, one has seven bronzes and three silvers, one has thirteen bronzes and zero silvers, one has thirteen bronzes and zero silvers. Bronzes and zero, sh- zero silvers, which leaves the the core game and this is what's interesting yeah sixty four bronzes okay, one gold huh no silver 64 bronzes very
0: interesting i wonder how much of that gets shaken up when they're they're like all right now it's one game how do you break up all this stuff to make the math work
1: the only gold trophy is uh for achieving 100 100 percent game completion everything else is is bronze gotcha in the core game uh let's see what else is here of of any interest oh i'm sorry real quick Mm -hmm. are they breaking the dlc up
0: into their own packs again so even though it's all in the disc it is broken up so does that not apply to the platinum
1: Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so it, it looks like the platinum. Just making sure I'm clear. The platinum only comes. Yeah, the DLC packs are all split into that's, five packs. That's interesting. Weird, but interesting. XCOM 2 trophies are live. Uh, 38 bronze, 10 silver, 2 gold, and a platinum. Um, and this also has uh, two DLC packs, one with eight bronze, 2 silver, and one with seven bronze and three silver. Um, so nothing, you know, I won't go into these here either because it seems like these might be a little spoilery. There are some multiplayer trophies. Okay. Darkest Dungeon trophies are live, and this is for PS4 and Vita uh this one has 42 bronze eight silver two gold one platinum um so you get things like reach the estate slay your first boss learn a new camping skill etc philly upgrade the abbey so a lot of different kind of things here complete the game within 99 weeks so there's a time limit similar to um why can't i remember the strategy role-playing game that came out this year earlier in the year there's two of them oh the uh don't starve no 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 strategy role-playing game. uh I, I was hung up on
2: survival so. uh
1: Oh, I gotta look real quick because it's bothering me. People were probably screaming at their uh, a strategy role playing game with time. Yeah, um, Banner Saga. Ah, uh, okay, uh, complete the game on New Game Plus is a gold, etc. 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 So, there's those, and then uh, some smaller games around here. There's a game called Uncanny Valley that has tro- trophies up. A lot of Japanese stuff's going up as well. The, the interesting thing here um, that I thought I'd point out is, uh, well, two things. First of all, that game Virginia came out last week. Me, and Virginia. it's supposed to be it's supposed to be great. Yeah, a lot of people are asking um, me about it. So that has uh, interesting trophies. And apparently you have to play the game through twice to get them. But they're not very hard. You can do it in about five hours, apparently. So okay. I want to throw that out there for people. The other interesting thing that I thought was weird was FIFA 17 on PS4 and FIFA 17 on PS3 have different trophy lists. At least because 17 on PS4 has 32 bronze and 9 silver along with 3 gold and a platinum. PS3 has 34 bronze, 8 silver, 3 gold, and a platinum. So there's a difference between (laughs) those two lists. Whatever it is, I don't know. There's also a game coming out called Cluster Truck. In case you're curious. I like it. So
0: that's it for trophies. Uh, Colin, I have two things for you. Number one, and I apologize if maybe I missed this when I was away a couple weeks ago. Did you know that the Firewatch DLC added new trophies to Firewatch? No. It did. They, I guess this, it's not DLC. It was a content update, so nothing for you to go in and like buy or purchase or anything. But it looks like they added the audio, uh, like walkthrough, like a developer's commentary, which is how they push through the update for the game. Oh, yeah, here it is. And then they added in these trophies that aren't necessarily related to the commentary. It's get the, you know, fight the raccoon, get the turtle. I wonder who, ent- I wonder who gave them the influence to do this. I wonder what the hell other people's problems are and why, now, why doesn't every content update come with trophies then why doesn't every update push through you go this is the thing i want this is my mission ladies and gentlemen kevin give me the one i've been talking to developers a long time ladies and gentlemen and i'll tell you right now they're mystified about how trophies work and i think over at playstation they are mystified as well whether it's hideo kojima saying that ground zeros couldn't have a platinum because it was too small when there are games like taco master that are downloadable that have a platinum and are even smaller whether it's stuff like this, whether it's other developers I've heard about off the record who are like, Can we add more trophies to this DLC? And they're like, No, we can't because you're still you're just using the same disc. And they're like, Well, that doesn't but I'm putting out a lot more content. And they're like, it doesn't matter. But then more trophies here, but more bronzes than there were something fishy's going on. And I'm gonna get to the bottom of it. Come hell or high water. I'm gonna get somebody on the show to explain trophies to me. It's probably gonna be John Drake. Because I don't know. I'm gonna start there. I guess I'll start with PR,
1: so I don't get yelled at. But I'll hit up PR about talking to John Drake about what the hell is going on. With Here's trophies. an interesting thing about this. There's, it seems like no one has one of these trophies. Uh, it says uh, there's a, to- a trophy called Love Turts. Adopted a turtle as a pet. The average lifespan of a box turtle is 50 years. It will outlive you, and no one has it, at least on PSN profiles. And you can see all the people here that have recent, recent players are all stuck at 96% in their trophies. Huh. Turtles not that hard to get. I wonder if you have to like put the clock forward on your on your PS4 50 years. Oh. Look at the brain on you. Because no one has it. It's very interesting. I mean it's, My not, that, it's not that interesting. Dog
0: Nick96 wrote into kind of slash PSQ, just like you can to get your question read on the air and says, Hi, Greg and Colin. Hi. I've been delving into the new Destiny expansion, Rise of Iron, and collecting new trophies. For said add-on. When syncing my trophies to the server, I noticed something peculiar. The platforms tied to Destiny's trophy set are PS3, PS4, and PS Vita. Obviously, there is no Vita port of Destiny, but I'm curious why it still says Vita there. This could just be a mistake or even a bug, but I'd love to hear your input. Thanks for the great videos. Keep up the great word.
1: Work. My dog, Nick96. People have circulated this to me for a while. Me too. Um, it's a mistake. I don't know that it is. It is. I just think that what happened... I, it seems like a weird mistake. I don't like What happens games is that have done maybe, it. Though. Maybe, other games have done it. Like what? I don't remember off
0: time ahead. Of That's the problem, but I know that other games uh, that was the thing. One of those nerd games that I was interested in, not DC
1: Universe Online, but similar to DC Universe Online had the same thing. My my thing is is that maybe back when they were certifying the game on PS3 and PS4, they were like maybe we'll do a beta version and just they just checked that box. It just seems like a weird thing that they wouldn't correct. So I just feel like I don't know it seems like it's probably a mistake but I don't know if it was done on mistake if that makes any sense in other words maybe a few years ago they were like maybe we'll do something and, and we'll carry it all over over port the game maybe they were trying to port sure. it I, I, don't, I don't know that you could it seems like a very intensive game to port see, I think it's just, but if the PS3 runs it then the Vita might be able to run it in some capacity I don't think it's going to happen in other words but I think that maybe that was part of the plan I think it was just a box that got checked along the way
0: and then it, this update got pushed out and now another update that'll come out will take it away and it'll be done I think it's back to the point of I think what we see it all the time in trophy list being misspelled trophy list not being out when the games are out people don't get this for some fucking reason and when i say people i mean the people working at playstation because if you and i were running the place we'd have a 12-man trophy department that had covered so many of this and would these kind of things would never happen but clearly that's not the case there and all it is is that you have these questions you, you kick them our way and it's just like well yeah this is what's happening i've seen it before for sure which game i cannot recall fair enough trophy time was brought to you by blue apron blue aprons mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone blue apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system setting the highest standards for ingredients and building a community of home chefs ladies and gentlemen i'm greg miller and i approve this message because i use blue apron for a long time my mom bought it for me for my birthday do you remember what she was no christmas i think it was christmas maybe
1: Am I your spouse? I don't fucking you, know. You pretty much are. Yeah, that's a good point. I
0: was going to say, why? Well, shave the back of your neck. You can't pay attention to what my mom's going to the on the You got Metropolitan
1: barbershop. They're doing it for me. You R- got to do it for me, too. I'll go for you. I'll I hope, got these I'll little tufts over here. You.
0: Anyways, I did it. It's fun. I like cooking, as you know, probably if you follow me on Instagram or whatever. Uh, but they send you all the prepackaged ingredients. Really simple instructions. You go through. Meals take, what, 30, 40 minutes? It's a great time. You get in there. Right now, some of the meals in September are paprika spiced shrimp and cheddar grits with tomato and sweet corn. How's that do with you? Oh, you don't like shrimp, but what about the cheddar grits?
1: I mean, that sounds great. Yeah, that's like what hardware did before they fucked that up. Yeah, well,
0: man, don't even get me started on them. Spicy hoisin chicken stir fry with baby bok choy and sesame ginger. Oh, ginger cucumber salad. Oh, ho! Oh. And it sounds complicated, but it's not. So, ladies and gentlemen, check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com. I love you. That is blueapron.com. I love you. Blue Apron, a better way to cook apron. Uh, thank you. Can you just one time? I didn't fucking poke you at all when you're fucking up every word in
1: that one thing you were right. But really. that's an ad, <laughs> sir. Yeah, they don't care. Did blue we just talk? we're going to be We talked about two other businesses during the
0: ad. <laughs> that's the least of their concerns. Like, why are you promoting people a barbershop in hard water? <laughs>
1: people are going to try to go to BlueApen.com and fucking be like, don't where do go I, go I put BlueApen? Don't go to BlueApen.com. I don't know what's happening over there. It's blue. A P E apostrophe N. So It's a monkey <laughs> website. Uh, don't make the jokes. Uh, time for Reader Mail.
0: Maelstrom. Uh, Colin, I'm going to open with something, all right? Yeah. It's a new segment, apparently, that I'm starting called Question of the we Week. We really need more stuff. It's Question of the Week from Reader Mail. It's okay. a special... It's a little sticker this guy can add to his thing. I'm going to read it. We don't need to answer it because it's kind of dumb, but the way he presents the question, I'm a big fan of, all right? I'm going to read it as it's written. This comes from... Gator Eliminator, but he, he spells it all with like all these different, you know, like up and down and all this different stuff. This request pertains to the clearly established and undeniably best gaming system of all time. The Mother Truck and PlayStation Vita. The other night, my fiancé wanted to watch her Golden Girls. Shout out to the Golden Girls Blu-ray late at night. However, the idea of a 55-inch HD image of B. Arthur lighting up the entire bedroom sent shivers down my spine. So I thought I came up with the perfect solution. Watch it via remote play on the Vita. I synced up the PS4 and... No dice, Chicago! Apparently, this doesn't work. If you can play Uncharted 4 through a remote play, the technology is clearly capable of making this happen. But it doesn't for whatever reason. So Shuhei... Now he's calling out Shuhei Yoshida... Why can't DVDs or Blu-rays be watched via remote play on the PS4 through the little system that could, the PS Vita? I should be able to see the glory that is Estelle Getty on a beautiful OLED screen. Her size seems appropriate for the handheld. BTW, dat Vita attach rate. I have 35 games on my Vita, and I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. I'd be curious to hear the amount of games other Vita Island inhabitants have. I bet it's pretty high. PS, I love BJs. Dot, 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 <laughs> buffalo chicken pizza. <laughs> Gator Eliminator,
1: you made my day. So I
0: had to read your, your little question there. I
1: I, take, I I mean, I think it's an affront to say that B. Arthur doesn't belong on a beautiful. Uh, yeah, you're to one watch, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shuhei has heard your cry as well, than. I'm
0: sure, for a Dear Shuhei Shoe, segment as well. So why can't you? I assume it's some kind of piracy bullshit. Yeah, right? I don't know. Whatever. It's got to it. It's some garbage like that, if, since they don't own that content or have any licensing agreement to broadcast it to some other device. I'm sure that's why. But just, yeah, I don't know why you're trying to push off. Why don't you? It seems like this is the way you should have done it. You should have had Golden Girls with your fiance. You're both in bed, watching Golden Girls up there. Some Betty White action. And you're remote playing whatever on your Vita, whatever game you want to play. You're playing Tricky Towers all by yourself. Getting better at that game. Seems like it'd be pretty easy. Colin, Colin, Colin. Where do I want to start you today? Well, I'm going to give you one that leads into another. You ready? Mm. Valkyrie X wrote into kindofunny.com slash PSQ just like you can and says, Hey guys! You often bring up the 10 year dev cycles for Final Fantasy 15 and The Last Guardian, and how those games will never meet the expectations due to long dev cycles. Do you think the same logic applies to Neo, a game that was announced and shown in 2004 by KoE before their merger with Tecmo? When it releases in 2017, it will be 13 years since its initial announcement. Personally, I'm very excited for that game. Thanks, Valerie X.
1: Yeah, people have brought this up to me, and I guess there is a little bit of a, a hypocrisy in my stance on this. But however, however, I'm Neo wa- hasn't been gestating for that entire time. I haven't heard anything about Neo for years and years and years. So it's not like it's not like you know it's not like the Last Guardian or Final Fantasy XV because they're not rolled out in the same way, and they're also not a, it's also not a game of the same stature. But that's point the taken, base thing. Point taken. But
0: I don't know. That's the whole thing. Is I don't know if it. I agree with what you're initially saying and with him, right? Like you know they they'll never meet do their expectations right i understand that valkyrie x has been looking forward to neo and i get that i but it's the same thing yeah you haven't heard from neo in forever and it isn't the fact that it's not on that scale. Like more people don't know about Neo than do. Whereas with last guardian and final fantasy 15, those are two games that if you're in super gamer, dude or dudette, you know about, you have some read on them. You know, if you, you know, you're into shadow of the Colossus, if you were into final fantasies beforehand, you know what you're getting into with that. Whereas Neo, I think the expectations are so much less just because it doesn't have that impact. It doesn't have that cultural influence. It doesn't have people tweeting and talking about it all the time. And every show you go to getting ready for this is going to be the this is gonna be the release date here it comes it's this year neo comes and goes as it sees fit hold on a second i'm I'm waiting you're reading
1: about neo yeah so it says so the game was announced in 2004 the first announced release date was summer 2006 and uh it was supposed to be a playstation 3 game um, it was getting ready to be a launch title the game missed the initial 2006 This is according to Wikipedia the game missed the initial 2006 release window without comment from Koei It wasn't until 2009 that Koei confirmed that the game was still in development apologizing for the lack of updates in 2010 And announced that Tem- Tecmo's team ninja would be finishing the game um, And then in 2012 uh, The president and CEO of the company said the game had completed its alpha development cycle and that the work was continuing steadily and then in 2014 uh, it's in late 2014, it said that the interview was it's still coming together and it feels good, etc. and so on. So I feel yeah, like there was a space between 2006 and 2010 or so when we didn't hear about it. But I think it's an interesting point. It's a point nonetheless. It's just it's a, it's a lower profile game, and and I, you know having worked at IGN uh, in a, you know a daily capacity from 2007 to 2014, I don't remember hearing about that game at all um, until you know very late. Yeah. So, but that's just me. Maybe people were were tracking a little more closely. Your part two comes from
0: your boy. Booty Pop 88. Oh, Booty Pop. Who wrote into kindofunny.com slash PSQ and says, What's up, Greg and Colin, or whoever the hell is there? So I was curious, if you pick one to be great, which would you pick? The Last Guardian or Final Fantasy 15? Personally, I think both will suck donkey balls, but I am would like to know what you guys think. Thanks, Dustin. P.S. I'm so lovely. We like the way you, the best I like, I like the way you read
1: this. People are just fucking destroying this um, week. So, uh, I would rather Final Fantasy 15 be great. Yeah. Because uh, I think it's more my kind of game, and I think it's a game that um, is going to resonate with way more people. The Last Guardian is not going to sell as many copies as Final Fantasy 15. Therefore, I would rather a greater plurality of people be happy with their purchase. Sure. Uh, that said, I don't agree that the games are going to suck. I think both of them will be no less than good. Uh, it's just a matter of perspective. We're going to find out soon enough. I would pick Last Guardian. But that's just because Final Fantasy has never clicked with me. That's always been the thing. I am interested
0: in this Final Fantasy. I do expect to play it. You know what I mean? Like from all the things I've hosted and learned about it and watched and talked to Tim about like the idea of finally giving me, not finally, I shouldn't say, but giving me a group that's more easy for me to wrap my head around. Just some dudes, some bros on a their road trip out there doing it. Your Japanese boy band. King very easy does, to, King, knock, King, whatever wants his son knocked us to go out and do yeah, this. And I just got to
1: pretend the characters are different people when I play the game. That's all. Yeah. That's I, all can't, we, I can't yeah. stand them. Can't do it? Nope. You don't like their leather? No, I don't like their leather. Do you like the I don't Ramones? Like their fucking hair. I don't like. I like the Ramones. Yeah, outside. they remind me a lot of the Ramones. Yeah. This group of guys. They don't remind me of the Ramones. They remind me of NSYNC. That's a huge problem. You for love me. NSYNC? No. You like NSYNC? I like Backstreet Boys. Same thing.
0: Is it close enough? Bradley James, who goes by the username Bradley James on kindoffunny.com slash PSQ writes in and says, hey guys, with PlayStation VR release quickly approaching, I have a question about which games you would buy day one and why, if you didn't have codes. Your limit is $150. I usually agree with Colin's philosophy that you should wait for reviews on games. However, a few things in my 35 years on this earth give me as much ple- pleasure, pleasure excuse me as bringing a day one console home with new games to try. Yeah, you don't have that luxury right Thanks. now with this. Bradley James. You don't have that
1: luxury to wait with, with a launch.
0: What do you think are locks? E-Valkyrie. Is, is that a, a launch launch game? Is that day one? I think so, yeah. Okay.
1: Um, is like my only lock. See, that, that's... And this is what I was thinking of. I started making a list of games. Was Farpoint a launch game? No. I don't think so. Rigs, oh. probably a lock. Oh. Here,
0: now, I, I said that. Really? Here, let Hear me out. Right. My two locks are Res Infinite. Because Res, I've played Res Infinite. I had a great time. And like I always tell that story that you've heard a million times. I'm sorry. Where I was playing, shooting the boss. And the boss jumped behind me. And I was waiting for him to jump in front of me just waiting, and wait, and then I was like, oh, wait, hold on, and I turned around, and sure enough, the boss was back behind me, sh- and I had to turn around and shoot him that way, and that was like such a, holy shit, what an aha, cool moment of this, that I want to play more of that, that was a game where, we talk about, you know, religious experiences, and this something, I was in a room with uh, Mizuguchi, and I was with uh, other people, and PR, and all these, you know, other, and I, I totally forgot all of them, and I was in there, and I had headphones on, and the music was bumping, and I was smiling, and I was laughing out loud, I was having a great time playing it, right, that one for me, that demo i played i'm like that's it that's great and then batman because i've talked about batman a million times and i do think batman is going to be the show off one your poe comes over and he's like oh what is this i'm like put it on and play this you don't even have to play the full hour i'm sure i'm you'll play through once and they say you can come back and play a little bit longer and things are changed i don't know if that'll really play out but then again like i was saying earlier in the show it is the rock city guys they were really proud of it maybe they did put a lot of love mm-hmm. and care into that second playthrough but playing that little bit that i did play i was like Yup, this is a VR experience that makes me feel like Batman and does all these different things. Rigs, I had them, it was number, it's number three on my list with a question mark. And I don't think it's a lock. I don't think you can sit here and say, that is a guaranteed, yes, you want to play this. You, I think you need to wait for reviews on that. Because when I sat there and played it at a PSX last year, right, like I always say it was the, fir- the first and there's been a couple since uh, play- only PlayStation VR game to give me motion sick of coming up. And then I was like, oh, it was like, oh, like the elevator stopped and my body thought I kept going because there was no real weight or gravity on me. And so then to get in there, they had me playing with the default c- control screen and a- control scheme. Afterwards, I was like, oh, I would have done it this way. And they're like, oh, that is a way to do it. But we didn't. That's not optimizing this build or some shit like that. I want to see how that nets out. I had fun with it. I think other people will, too, but I'm not sure if it's going to be this whole tour to force thing granted now with a limited launch pool if it comes out and it's 80 percent what it should be
1: it'll probably <coughs> do fine there'll be people to play with and all these different things but i don't think it's a lock at this mm. point fair enough yeah we'll see i mean it's, it's it's like any launch it's gonna be an arduous kind of thing you gotta just kind of j- leap without looking i think um unless the i don't know what the embargo is gonna be for vr games we'll probably get them early but i hope so um my assumption you know and actually god dude it's like not far three it's, weeks away i know Wait. So I assume we should probably figure that out soon, but um, I—it's f- just creeping up on us. Let me check my email, see if I have anything in there. About a headset?
0: Did you ask for one? I mean, I or I bought my own, but
1: no, I know that. No, I know nothing in here about getting a headset. My Lego Dimension packs are on the way, though. That's great. No one cares about that. We care about PSVR um okay so that's basically yeah but, but you're gonna have to, it's like any launch you can probably be patient and wait if you want but you want to come home with the games and the launch lineup probably won't be as pristine as you'd like and that's but, just i mean remember again the age you live in
0: you, you live in the digital revolution most of you have good internet it's going to be okay if you go to the store and you buy your headset or you get to deliver for amazon and then you just download some things and then you wait for the reviews the rest and it comes with the demo disc
1: it does come with the demo disc too. you can get in there so yeah you might, might, if, if, if you're pinching pennies and as you as you might might want to wait a few days for those reviews to start popping
0: Now, we didn't bring this up, but Calvin's 48 says, hey, Colin and Greg. I know you guys aren't fans of driving games, but Drive Club VR's release date of October 13th just got announced on PlayStation's Twitter. It jumps out to me as probably the most AAA of any PSVR's launch titles because it comes included with a bunch of content and seems the most fleshed out. Since PSVR will be in its early stages when it launches in October, do you think Drive Club VR will be the early
1: flagship game? Maybe. I, I think it's still weird that the studio that made it doesn't even exist anymore, so sure. we're going to fucking support it. But, yeah. Um,. Yeah, I think it's probably it's, gotta, it's probably it, I mean, the VR is made for games like that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think it's probably going to be one of those things. I don't care about it. You have a guy named Shlong Connery on there. Yeah. I just saw his the page. That's a fantastic name. That, Whether or not you read his question, I don't care. But. It's
0: a, Well, here's one. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we filmed this show. All right, hold on. I'll, I'll preface all of this with I have no insider information for what the question's about to be and what the answer is. But I'm letting you know that we record, we're recording Monday, September 26th at 3 p.m. Because usually when we go into a question like this, guess what happens tonight at 5 o'clock on the PlayStation blog? Shlong Connery says, kind of funny shamans. Is PSX even going to happen this year? I asked because this time last year, date was announced and tickets had already been available and you could purchase them for well over a month. It just seems like the longer they put off announcing details, the harder it will be for people to make accommodations and travel plans. Thanks. Schlong Connery. Uh, I, I mean, is PSX happening? I would assume it's happening. I don't understand what's going on either. Why the hell haven't they announced anything? Well, if what, here's the thing, is it happening? You assume so because at some point somebody would have said by now, PSX isn't happening. Stop asking. Us yeah, about I think it. I there think would have been a, a statement. I think they're
1: it. making a massive mistake waiting this long. I'm, I'm sure that there's semantic issues. We've heard this, that, and the other thing about it, but but it's it's my theory at this point, and it could be wrong again. It could be dispelled before we even publish this uh, this uh, particular show. Is I think that they're aiming for December, and I think that maybe they just move it to February or something like that. What in God's name are you doing? Nothing. The phone's doing its thing. Uh, so I feel like they're not getting enough people time to travel. No, don't, don't FaceTime Scott Low. That seems like a terrible idea. I might, might have wanted to tend to that when I was first talking to you. Well, I thought if I didn't do anything, it would just shut the fuck up. Um, so I feel like I feel like they're running out of time. I feel like if October comes and, they, and they're announcing it for two months from then, that's not enough time. I think that they would be wise to... First of all, December is kind of a shitty time to put it anyway. I think they'd be wise to to move it to february or something like that but uh as far as we know i mean it, it is going to happen but I, I don't i don't i don't know i don't yeah. know yeah i would love to know what's happening with it maybe one day your we'll guess know. is as good as maybe
0: ours connery by the time this post you'll know too and again not that i i literally no. that's not and i'm not saying it sarcastically i don't know if and when they're going to announce psx details if you would have asked me two months ago i would have said by now fuck yeah you'll know by now look at how they did it last year ah uh, colin i'm gonna give you the final question of the week you ready <laughs> Yes. It comes from CoolMike3. Hello, Colin and Greg. My question is a bit of a two-parter. I would like to discuss the representation and portrayal of African-Americans in games. I have been very excited with the imminent release of Mafia 3 and Watch Dogs 2. Not just because they look fun, but because I get to play as a very underrepresented race in video games. Me, being half African-American and half Hispanic, uh, I find myself sometimes wanting to play as characters that I could relate to more. I was wondering if you guys thought that if Watchdogs two or Mafia three underperformed, developers would think that gamers just don't want to play as an African American lead character, or I'm sorry, and as a result would stray away from them. So that's question number one. It's possible, but I, I don't
1: know that you would read into it that much.
0: I don't think people would either. I think I don't think I don't the, the people who are going to be most vocal about it and what would be wrong with these games, which would cause them to underperform, would be reviewers. And I don't think reviewers are going to come out and be like, "Well, sure would have been better if it was a white guy," because most review most wouldn't ever say that especially anybody at a real site a real reputable place publication wouldn't feel that way about it um so i don't think that's what's gonna happen i don't think that you'll you'll see that blowback on twitter there will be the usual twitter eggs saying a whole bunch of horrible fucking shit and being stupid about it but were they ever going to play these games to begin with
1: were, was this what they wanted were, was this what was up their alley i'm not sure sure what watchdogs to watchdogs Two's social slant is in terms of if it's trying to create a, a bigger social message other than the power of corporations and entities that can control technology and stuff. I think that's kind of their thing. I really, I've said it before, I really do love Mafia Three's portrayal of an African American or a black man um, in the late 60s in the South. Uh, I think all of that, as we know, is very intentional. And I think that uh, that's going to craft a really nice narrative that wouldn't be possible um, were it a white person in the. Um, I'm not one of these people that really feels like you have to have some sort of quota. I think you got to make your 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 game with your characters. Make if it's character all white people or all black people, I mean that's fine, it doesn't matter to me. And I also don't quite understand the and and again, this is a this is coming from a place of like I'm a white man. Of course. But I also don't quite understand to his point or one of the things he said of trying to relate to the character because they're like I don't relate to a white character because he's white. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, I mean yeah. like we've the, talked about this. Yeah, I, and we, so like we, it was on this show. We had a great discussion about this. Yeah, this so show. I yeah, it might have been on a certain college. So that's a little confusing to me in the sense that but again, I look around and, you see and I see white people white and people. People. I, I think it's a subconscious thing where I'm like, well, I'm surely represented on 90% of these box covers and, that, and that's what but you brought when, up. That's so,
0: interesting about Watch Dogs 2 is that I, I don't know, but I think it'd be really awesome if we get into that game and there is no big deal. There is no mess. Me, you know, he isn't getting. I mean like and I guess that sounds loaded too. if he like, everything's peachy keen for him as a black man in San Francisco, but also that it's just not like this is a big point of his character is that he is this black guy who's doing this thing right. and that, it's just like he's the, this guy who's doing this thing and taking those corporate. Yeah, I think it that doesn't
1: need to be you know this whole message like you're saying there is a resonance between those two characters if that if what you're saying is two about watchdogs too where it well, might I'm, what be, I hope well, what, I'm, ho- well, what, I, what I think you might be right. Yeah, yeah. Um, considering we live here and we it's, it's a it's a modern game. Um, doesn't see that much racial disparity in San Francisco, but maybe I'm missing it. As opposed to the Mafia Three, which I think is more intentional. But my, sure. my point is that like I just I I see like I've really related to characters that are black or uh, women or anything like that. Yeah, so yeah. I don't necessarily see it like that, but I also do understand why certain people, you know, minority groups, uh, specifically whether it's a gay person or a yeah. a black person or an Hispanic person or whatever, an Asian person look around and they're like, well, it's nice to see that. I'm like, well, I get that, too. So. We had
0: such a great discussion about this. Yeah. Where it was, that we're just two privileged white guys and that the I'm, I'm, I can totally understand his perspective of. Man, it seems like every time there's a black guy in this movie, in this game, whatever, they're gangbangers or whatever. This is how it's got. Yeah. Can I just see somebody who's a normal person like me that
1: likes PlayStation? I'm not so sure that the Mafia Three is gonna be normal since he's gonna kill about ten thousand people before the over. Well, game's you know what? Like he's huh. a Vietnam vet, right? Like, I mean, that's that's how they all were, from what I understand. They came back and just shot up the country. That's an interesting element of the character too. Is not it's only not that he's I a think. black man in the South, in the Deep South, during you know right after the Civil Rights Act passed, um, but that he's a Vietnam vet. I think is actually an interesting component to that character as well. I'm really, really excited mm-hmm. about Mafia Three. I, I really hope we get a build soon. So going on with Cool Mike's question here, and by the way, I appreciate
0: that Cool Mike spells it K E W L Mike, and then cool. when he when he send off, he when he signed off, he said Cool Mike, and then put it in parentheses Cool Mike and spelled it normal because he knows Greg Miller's an idiot. My second part is just how usually African Americans are represented. Represented In games that I've played with African-Americans in it, aside from maybe Mass Effect, usually the black guy is loud slash obnoxious or says the N-word all the time or is from a very impoverished area. Why are we always represented in this way? Surely everyone doesn't believe that that's how we all are, is it? I'd like to play a game one day where the black character is just like any other character we play, but he's just black. Even Lee from The Walking Dead was on his way to jail before the events of the game unfolded. I know that these are... I know that these are the developers' characters, but I just like to see some more diversity in how we're portrayed because we aren't all stereotypes. With love, cool Mike.
1: So that's jumping on what I was driving on, w- or what I hope I was going to bring like. Lee from The Walking Dead up, but then I did think in my mind before you even said, it, I'm like, well, he is going to jail, but it's for a crime he didn't commit. No, he right. did. Oh, he did commit. Yeah, No, he, he killed his wife and his, her lover. Oh, right. The okay, crime, No, you're right. And here, then everything went to shit. But here's
0: the whole thing about Lee from The Walking Dead. As I actually think- okay,
1: point taken there as well.
0: No, no. As an outs No, no. Here, stick with me on that one though. As a again, as a armchair quarterback of a white guy (laughs) 33 and everything's great uh i i think that lee being a murderer lee having committed the crime right i still think that that was the way to do it the cop wasn't racist to him in the car the cop wasn't like oh just typical for you people or some crazy ass redneck bullshit like that right it was that lee was a professor and lee came home and found his wife cheating on him and lost his mind like that's not they weren't that story wasn't crafted in a way of like That's how black people are. That was just like that's how people are when you come home and find the person you're supposed to that you love and you're supposed to trust doing that and then you figure you go to the his you know parents pharmacy and his parents were pharmacists and had this great shop and all this different things and his brother was a nurse and you know what I mean like it wasn't it's yeah I understand what he's saying and maybe and again cool Mike has better insight on that than I do but I always read that as actually yeah Lee's black big deal. You know what I mean like there's the one thing even where in the game larry's an asshole to you right and larry's an asshole to you because uh, uh her, the the old man who you drop a salt block on he's an asshole to you because he knows that you're a murderer he knows what was really up and at one point you can try to play it off of like he, he's just a racist and he, he larry hears that and he's like no i'm not that's not why i don't like you and
1: like starts calling you on your bullshit interesting thing but i i think the way they portrayed lee in I that don't actually that so intricately i haven't played that game in four years i don't even remember it I to the point that. where a major plot point i'm like i don't think he committed that crime
0: I mean, you know that I, I mean I reviewed them, so I played them each episode like five times, and then I played them again, and then I I like Walking Dead
1: alone. I'm so a lot. I'm gonna played it in a day. Yeah, it's good stuff. though came and went. Yeah, no, yeah. it was no. a great game. Yeah,
0: but no, I, I hear you, and I think uh, from an outsider who's seen some of the Watchdog stuff and talked to people and played the game, that kind of got that's the vibe I got from Watchdogs. Are just like, yep, this guy happens to be black. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> We're not going to talk about it as like a major plot point. And I still kind of feel that's how Lee was, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, no, I don't think that's the way most people think of uh, black people and minorities. I do think that sometimes for a story, it's easy to fall back on stereotypes. We talk about that, you know, video game stories as much as we love them, still aren't always, aren't great. The majority of them aren't great. And so it is very easy to be like, this guy's that, the, the, that stereotype and that stereotype and that stereotype. And I'd like to see us moving away from that. I think we are, but it still happens.
1: Yeah, I think you have to remember with games, it's a prog- generally a progressive medium. So I don't think you're going to find too much of that kind of stuff there. Maybe beholden to publishers that I don't think are racist or bigoted in any way, but want the sure thing. Sure. You have to balance those two things against each other. Colin. Are you ready to meet this week's best friend? Yes. This is PSI Love This Best Xo
0: XOXO. This is where one of you find people go to kind slash forums. Go to the PSI Love You XOXO board and post your PSN name. And then the rest of the best friends in the kinda of funny community send you PSN messages of love and support. Send you friend requests. You have people to play with and everybody goes, Yay! This one comes from Travis, whose PSN name is hard for me to read. He says, hey, Colin and Greg, Travis here, all the way up north in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Unlike many of my lesser gaming friends who hang out on Xbox, I've been a PlayStation guy ever since my conversion from N64. I grew up kicking ass and taking names with my brothers in GTA Vice City on our old PS2. PS3 was the first thing I bought upon receiving a paycheck for my first job at McDonald's, and I have loved every minute spent with my PS4 and Vita unfortunately shortly after buying said ps4 i was stripped of my old psn losing all my trophies and the few friends i had accumulated in the next year or so i will be moving out east to start my phd and would love to start putting together a respectable list of friends to game with while i settled in and start meeting new people in the maritimes that's the maritimes yeah
1: what's that about It's like Prince Edward
0: Island and New Brunswick and
1: all those provinces on the East Coast. Thank
0: you very much. I tend to be more of a single player campaign guy, but I recently dove in and I'm absolutely loving the nerdiest hell world of Overwatch. I also try to sprinkle in the odd match of Rocket League when I do have time to play. My PSN name is Thrubeniuk, the Rubenigma, T-H-R-U-B-E-N-I-U-K,
1: Thrubeniuk i don't know that's a fucking you do better terrible better that. You psn do name that. god awful and you, moving on to the, the worst psn name of the week it's the same <laughs>
0: t-h-r-u-b-e-n-i-u-k his name's travis go send him love calling it's time for this week's forgotten playstation game this is where one of you writes in the forums gives us a game we forgot now here's possibly a first you know that i have a bad memory you have a great memory i think this is a forgotten playstation game that i couldn't remember if we've ever given it forgotten playstation game again before so even if we did we're just giving it twice who cares this week's forgotten playstation game comes from zazp p 41 hey colin and greg my suggestion for this week's forgotten playstation game is 3d dot game heroes yeah i think we just
1: did that one not too
0: long ago like, we maybe talked like about a month and a half ago uh, yeah we talked about Oceanhorn, and that's what got confusing yeah,
1: anyways
0: 3d dot game heroes uh we all talk about Oceanhorn lately i thought i'd give it a shout to another game that did the zelda thing before i remember playing this game back in the day and thinking how are they not getting sued by nintendo it is an awesome game with a lot of references to a link to the past and other games keep up the good work yeah atlas published we love uh, 3d yeah game very good game so much that we keep forgetting about it but we do love it yeah game kind of came and went but it was a good ps3 exclusive time for psn's worst name of the week this is where one of you writes in to kind slash forums and you post on our board your worst psn name of the week however I'm making an exception here. The rare exception where Aaron has wrote in with a bad PSN name, and he says it's serious. So stick with his story here, all right? And I will tell you right now, I'm not going to spell the bad PSN name because I'm not trying to bring down heat on this person, okay? Aaron says, hey, guys, I have a serious submission for worst name of the week. I was playing Overwatch today, and one of my teammates had the name Bill Cosby. He seemed like a friendly guy, so I doubted that he chose his PSN name after the sad and disturbing news about Bill Cosby came to light in 2014. I checked his trophies, and sure enough, he's had the PSN ID since at least 2010. It sucks that a gamer who named himself after one of the most well-liked entertainers in pop culture ended up being named after one of the most reviled entertainers in pop culture through no fault of his own. We joke a lot about how people are stuck with hilariously obscene names on the PSN. But then this is an actual problem, at least for this one guy. Unless he is actually Bill Cosby, then fuck him. <laughs> but I doubt it. Seriously, Shu, Sony, anyone for real this time, please let us change our
1: names. Aaron. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe his name is Bill Cosby. Maybe it is just Bill Cosby, yeah. I'm not saying our Bill Cosby, I'm saying, or the Bill Cosby, I'm it's saying. Just it's, a guy who's also named, named Bill, Bill Cosby. Cosby. Yeah. Sucks for him, man. William Cosby. Jr. Doctor. Remember when you got the doctor thing on Yeah. Yeah, I do. From Temple, I think. Yeah. His alma mater.
0: This worst name was brought to you by the Dollar Shave Club. Guys, you don't need to choose between price and quality. to get an amazing, affordable shave. DollarShaveClub.com is the answer. To prove how amazing their shave really is right now, they're going to give you your first month free to join the club. DollarShaveClub.com delivers amazing razors right to your door for a third of the price of what them greedy razor corporations charge. Colin, how much you hate them greedy razor oh, corporations? I hate them so much. Oh, get oh, out of here. Get out of you know here. What? Get off my porch. Woo! Get out of here. Just go to DollarShaveClub.com and pick a razor that works for you from their lineup of amazing blades. That's all there is to it. With DollarShaveClub, you look, smell, and shave like a million bucks without paying for it. You like it more this week? Damn it. Here's your chance to see why over 3 million members like Tim Geddes love Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club is so confident in the quality of all their products. Now you can get your first month of the club for free. Just pay shipping. After that, it's just a few bucks a month. No long-term commitment. No hidden fees. There's no reason not to do it. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com love. That's dollarshaveclub.com love. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PSI Love You XOXO, episode 54, the Brian Urlacher episode. Remember, PSI Love You XOXO posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. It is kindofunny.com's of PlayStation podcast. It is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. So, like, subscribe, share it all the YouTube channels, listen to the other shows. Uh, if you go to that iTunes, drop us a review there. If you got a Zoom, throw it out the fucking window and join us in 2016, you idiot. <laughs> Unless you're like old and stuff, then what's up, grandma? My grandma's dead. Don't worry about it. Mine too. Every episode of PS I love you XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call singing a shoe. Hey, this is where one of you talented motherfuckers writes in to kind slash PSM. You need to give me your song in an MP3 that I can attach to our MP3 and your song in a YouTube link. I can annotate from our YouTube page. Colin, this one is going to test my pronunciation skills. It comes from Mineral. I think I pronounced that right. Mineral says, Hey guys, it all started back in 2012 when I seriously decided to get back into games for a two, after a two year break. I was on the lookout to find a media outlet that would fill the void in my life left by my non-gaming friends. After browsing the web, I chose IGN, but the real reason for tuning in soon became up at noon and podcast beyond. So naturally, I followed you on Kind of Funny. Here you go, Colin. I'm part of a French Hip-hop duo oh, nice. that goes by the name Faux Detective. That's how I'm going to say it in yeah. American Nice. All right, good. At the core, we're a two-man operation just like you, with me writing the music, producing, and playing the instruments while my buddy Versatiles? Versatiles? Versatile, Versatile, I would say. Versatile? That's probably his rap name. We've got a Y in there. Writes the lyrics and performs. We also handle our visuals, music, videos, and communication ourselves. Stylistically, the band is halfway between U.S. indie rock, pop, and French pop rap. Being a 90s kid, I'm sorry, being 90s kids. You can't be halfway between three things. Go on. And all, we mix a lot of pop culture references, movies, TV shows, and of course, video game music and our music. We also love the non-sequiturs and absurd humor, such as liter- literal translations. The name of our band, Faux Detective, is a literal translation of the Hong Kong movie Mad Detective. Our sophomore LP, Lolcats, all one word, coming out on September 30th, has some as well, such as closer, Le Dernier Demarche dans Les Encontres, Les Dernier D'Entre Nous. Thank you. French, for the heavily inspired by The Last of Us, and our new song, Silas,
1: holy, uh, Sally and Sue's Colleen. Really? Yep. Oh, that was good.
0: Damn. French for you. French, you guessed it for Silent Hill. It deals with a serious ish- issue of love tearing us apart. And although you might not get all the subtleties of French wordplay, you may still appreciate the flow or even enjoy the music. And the music video of court is crafted with love. Love you guys. Keep up the great work. P.S. I'm still rooting for a jet set radio comeback. Who knows? I may well be the last of us. Keep rooting. <laughs> <laughs> now again this is in french so it might be all about tearing down american I, I don't know but it sounded good when you're just bopping to it and listening to it cool. so this is mineral and his band it's faux. faux
1: detective but not faux because we're talking about french not f-a-u-x it's f-o-u so like faux detective
0: yeah yeah good luck finding them they don't have an easy website to remember that's something i would tell you to get get a com because you gave me 15 links that had nothing to really drive you but just i guess just search for faux detective f-o-u look for that until next time it's been our pleasure to serve you
2: À s'envoyer des fucks, pas tout compliqué Mais tu sais, je t'écoute en cachette Quand tu crois que je faire. J'ai des sautes d'humeur, mais faudra s'y faire On a de sales caractères, mais on s'aime quand même Je t'invite dans l'ascenseur émotionnel On se fait la guerre, j'ai des rêves d'enfer Elle a des rêves d'enfant, et là je touche le fond Pas y aller par quatre chemins Tes sentiments je les écarte jacqués Mais c'est toi que j'accuse Coup de foudre à Syracuse Comme Emile Zola Mais là c'est toi que j'accuse Et j'ai bombé le buste Tu sentais le muscle Et j'avais l'étincelle Une histoire de plus A la recherche d'une cause perdue Comme Close Barbie Encore une histoire de plus epargne moi t'es Jérémyad Je préférais quand tu gémissais Aujourd'hui j'ai l'air un peu pâle On fume de l'herbe devant Pierre Palmade on a des DVD de films asiates et des anecdotes Pour faire sourire ton gosse tout comme Alain Bogotian On est jeune et insouciant, une pensée pour Patrick Swayze Comme au quai des orfèvres, on a lâché l'affaire, on a lâché l'affaire J'ai des images de gloire, j'ai des visions absurdes Des envies de fracture quand vient le cœur du crépuscule Avec un peu d'effort, on peut se supporter J'en ai un petit peu marre de finir plus bactère C'est plein de bactéries, t'es trop prépubère Il faut te former comme la ses Jérôme J'apporte des arômes, des chrysanthèmes Pour te souhaiter un putain de joyeux anniversaire Encore une fois, je m'emmerde Inachevé, l'année qui s'achève de la tendresse Je m'achète, on a lâché l'affaire Comme au quai des orfèvres on a lâché l'affaire On a lâché l'affaire On a lâché l'affaire J'ai des images de gloire, j'ai des visions absurdes Des envies de fracture quand vient le crépuscule Des visions absurdes Comme Jodorowsky pour le film Dune Des visions absurdes Comme si j'avais mis sur ma voix de l'auto-tune. Des visions absurdes J'ai des envies de fracture des images de gloire, j'ai des visions absurdes Des envies de fracture quand vient le crépuscule Des visions absurdes Comme Jodorowsky pour le film d'une Des visions absurdes Comme si j'avais mis sur ma voix de l'autre d'une Des visions absurdes J'ai des envies de fracture